Historic dramas are playing fast and loose with the fact Back to the Future got some things right after all. Netflix might be going after VPN users and we've got everything we watched over the Christmas break. The Airwaves is upon us. Take that hoverboard off your shopping list, it's 2015, and in fact, the airwaves. It's the show that takes a long, hard look at what exactly has gone on in the world of entertainment in the last week or two, maybe including the uh, Doctor Who Christmas special, but we'll come to that later. First, let me welcome the uh, the sadly absent from the final show of 2014, Tony Blunt. How are things, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Um, the hangover that I didn't have on New Year's has worn off nicely. Oh, fair enough. Well, you had to get yeah. straight back to work, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the next day. But I, I had the Christmas sort of five days off instead, so it was all good. It's always good, always good to hear. I think you you took in plenty of uh, plenty of watchable stuff as well. But we'll come to that. To, mm. We'll come to that later. Rounding out the panel, Alex G. Fox. Welcome, sir. Happy New Year to you too. And I have a UDA to you and our listener. Yeah. And Tony. Yeah. Um, and my other listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christmas, New Year. It's all done. I went back to work today. I didn't do very much because I plan to go back next week. So slightly, <laughs> slightly sulking. But, you know, it's like you've got to get that um, sort of getting your sleep pattern right again, motivation right. And I had it all planned for like a slow build up for next week mm. so going in sort of this week has made me hit the wall shall i say <laughs> but um yeah uh the weather's been it's been wet but now it's warming up again so yeah, i mean yeah. just so cold knows what the weather's like tell you we what, don't want him ever to miss out no indeed indeed tell you what i had a i had a i missed a a great opportunity to um to take a really nice hyperlapse of uh, of my journey to work because uh, i went back to work um that that sort of lull period between Christmas and New Year, where the the office is completely dead, it's quiet. You can just get on with some work. It's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. And of course, we had that one morning where basically I had to drive to work in amongst a winter wonderland. And uh, yeah, I just came yeah. through. Uh, came through uh, Savanac Forest just outside um, Marlborough, and the sun was coming up. Had a bit of uh, a bit of image and heap on the uh, on the radio and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah. I just wish I'd hyperlapsed it because it, because the scene the, the Wiltshire countryside yeah. never looks better when it than well, when it's uh, covered so that in was, a bit of frost. Yeah, that was in all all that snow that came a day late, was it? No, yes, the snow that nobody ever saw, <laughs> or at least the, the North saw it, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, we, did you not get it down there? We didn't get no, we didn't get it down here. Yeah. No, no, no. Now, on the day that you lot were moaning about snowing, I was wearing <laughs> sunglasses because it was so bright and warm. Mm. I was like, what's wrong with these people? Yes, I hear what's you wrong? Londoners broke out the snow land, the sun lounges. <laughs> snow yes, lounge. it was very different to, um, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, you're hanging around place like Marlborough, so you, you you really have to pay a lot for your weather around there. You do, you do. You pay yeah, a lot for your cheese as well. There's actually a, there's a cheese shop. I know we're carrying on here, but there we go. We've got precious little else. Nothing else to talk about. <laughs> there's a cheese shop in Marlborough. It's a brilliant cheese shop, but the problem is, it's always got its door open, and if you walk past it, you're kind of simultaneously re- revolted by the smell coming out of it and and also you really want to go in and, and discover what mm. what new cheeses they have on offer. used to go when we lived in Islington there used to be one on the bottom of Liverpool Road and um, I used to walk past thing is in, I don't know why first thing in the morning if I was walking past the station I was like oh no it's a bit strong on my way home normally after a couple of beers on my way home I used to think hmm at Camembert. Hmm. <laughs> and I said, by the time I used to get back to the flat, my wife was like going, what's in the bag? <laughs> like, oh, wow. I, I, I walked right round by Liverpool Road. Yeah, I, I stumbled <laughs> into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fell on this cheese and accidentally scraped my foot on this bottle of port, so I picked it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, didn't have kids then, we could spend... 50 quid on a lump of cheese every night. But indeed, yeah. indeed. Tell me about it. Well, no, don't tell me about it because I haven't got kids. But anyway, this is... <laughs> messed that one up, didn't I? This is the movies! Sylvester Stallone to star as John Rambo once again in First Blood. Um, I don't know why it says First Blood there. Um, of this story from the independent.co.uk of all the entertainment news that slipped out over the holiday season none was more thrilling or as mockingly awful depending on one's perspective than that contained in a tweet from Sylvester Stallone the 68 year old muscle man revealed he is preparing to once again star as the troubled and misunderstood Vietnam veteran John Rambo the fifth Rambo film will be titled Rambo Last Blood see it's first and then the last and the middle like blood. The summer wine. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, there you go. Last, <laughs> last of the Rambo rewind. There if they go. make another one after this, we're going to have to call it Black Pudding. I will. Yeah. <laughs> and all these Americans going, eh? Hey? What is Black Pudding? Yeah. In his social media post, Stallone said he was preparing to film a gangster movie based on the life of Gregory the Grim Reaper, Scarpa, and said work would start after he had completed the Rambo film, should he survive the task. Um, Tone, is is the world ready for another Rambo film? Let me come clean. I've never actually seen a Rambo film. so Uh, Probably ready for it, but does it need it? Uh, It'd probably be more like the Expendables type of thing, because that's basically the Expendables was almost the the parody of that with the ageing sort of action heroes, wasn't it? You know. So, yeah, just and we and we've already had what three three expendable films now. Yeah, I mean it's not exactly it, it's not like he has to do all the stunts himself, is it? No. Alex, well, he looks fit enough. You, ooh, <laughs> you are you looking forward to this film, Alex? Do you think? I mean, have you well, seen you the know, rest look, of them? I one, two, maybe. Three, I can't remember. But the thing is, when Rambo first came out, okay, we're gonna start the history lesson again. When Rambo first came out, we we were in the end of that video nasty era where you know people said, Oh, you know, he mustn't show us with violence and this, that, and the other. And then this film came out and it was slaughtered. I mean, I can't remember if he he said 13 words film, right? And 
you know, it was like a million people shot and then 2,000 bullets. And, you know, the people that counted all this nonsense, right? But I watched Rambo, uh, First Blood, and I really can't remember what they were called now, and the second one. I may have watched the third one. I think I watched the third one a lot later, though. Now, I watched them, and given time and the way we're used to films now, I would say that the early Rambo films were... Well, first of all, I'd say they were really important because they started a genre that we've become... Or maybe we've become immune to, I don't know, right? Mm. I think they may, may be before its time. And what was interesting, when you look at it with almost, um, you know, the eyes of people that use this type of film, so we're not shocked necessarily, and you look at it as a story, it's actually really interesting and uh, amazing to say, blooming well acted. Because what it's about, it's about a Vietnam vet coming back who has basically spent his life in special forces, who's now out of the army. He's got nowhere to go. He hasn't got that support system. He, he's basically been trained to think as, you know, special forces, you know, absolutely ready to fight at every instance, anything that possibly bad could happen in the world. He's the person that gets sent in to deal with it. And then you take him out of that environment and you just put him back in the States and go look after yourself. And when you look at it like that, it turns from a, an overly violent, very ridiculous film into something more akin to sort of the deer hunter, something along those lines. And, okay, then they do what they always do. Then there comes Rambo 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, mm. and it starts to get silly. I don't know why. I've got a thing, feeling that, you know, it was an important film in its day, and I think it's far more important than people give it credit for. It's like the, the first Rocky film. The first Rocky film was probably... Other than Raging Bull, one of the best of that mm. ilk there's ever been. And, of course, they flogged it to death with Rocky 74 onwards, right? But there is a place for this. And I also think maybe because of his maturity and the realisation he's actually not the world's worst actor at all, right? <laughs> no, no. He really no. isn't. And, and mm. if you go back and watch that and say Rocky won, you sort of look at it, you go... Okay, he's playing to a character. He's blooming good at that character. You know, he really yeah. is very good at that type of person. And, you know, if he wants to sign this off as a, not a silly action film, more of a, you know, okay, there'll be action because that's why people want to watch it. But if he takes the, this is a man that's reached 68, who still feels and thinks the way, he did back in the day and he's having one last hurrah before it's all over and hurrah might not be a pleasant thing. You know, there, there I know it sounds daft, but there is a real social story like the first one and maybe mm. even the second, but the first one, especially, I think there is a, if they forget about the nonsense and go back to the first one, go back to a finale of that, mm. it could be a really spectacularly, especially with, you know, all these troops from Britain and America being brought back from various war zones and, and the troubles they're having to try and adjust. And it, it, it mm. could be, sympathetically, a wonderful idea. I just hope it is because of... I don't know. I don't want Stallone to have an epitaph. 
off because I think he's quite a good man, right? But if he's going to have an epitaph on, because I remember when this came out and he was having to defend it on the grounds that I'm talking about. And at the time it was like, we didn't care about that. We just wanted to see as many people as you could shoot in one film, right? But he was ahead of us. He understood what was going on, which we didn't understand at the time. Uh, he's got um, Rocky Seven being filmed soon, isn't he? Which again is going to be quite cool. It's going to be ridiculous. So let him save the ridiculous mm. to that. Mm. And this could be really nicely done. Mm. See, with, see, with Rocky, I thought that the last film, it may not have been the best, but it was a good way to finish off you know, the series the way they did. Yeah. And of course, you know, they're bringing another one. So, yeah, and it's, you know, I was hoping that that would be a good, you know, the way they'd finish it because it was a good way to finish it. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, I'd hope they'd go back to something a bit more like the very first. You know, the title would suggest that. Whether that's anything to go by or not, you know, is will be seen later. But you'd hope if they can match what they did with the last Rocky before the one apparently they're filming now. Mm. You know. mm. Do you ever remember his Paradise Alley? I think he filmed it with his younger brother. Do you remember no. that? No, I that's not the first film I ever remember him in. And he, that, you know, he's got a younger brother that sort of looks a bit like him, but it's a lot taller. Um, and it was about I can't remember if his brother was a wrestler or something, but it was like a slight gangster film. But it wasn't sort of shooting up gangsters. It was sort of a bit like Rocky, but before Rocky came out. And I, you know, I think he's really underrated. Okay, he's played the, you know, the muscle man fool for a few years. I just think I really wish he'd sort of just try a bit more straight acting because I think he's a lot better than we give him credit for. Yeah, because cause he, he tried, he had that sort of, that period where he did things like Demolition Man and Judge Dredd, didn't he? Yeah. Demolition yeah, Man or, wasn't too bad. That it's was like always, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the thing. It was that funny. It was, you know, there was, you know, that wink at the camera almost, but without him actually doing it, I did expect him to do it at some points. I'd say to anyone that hasn't seen Rambo, I'm pretty sure it must be on Netflix or Love Film, one of those things, mm. right? I would go and watch it with a, quite an open yeah. mind because I think you'll be really surprised at yeah. the level of, I don't know, you just don't look at it as a, a man going around firing guns all the time. It's a man that has been forced into basically yeah. regressing into his training and he desperately doesn't want to. He desperately just wants to be left alone so he can walk down the street without somebody just trying to pick on him because what he looks like. You know, I just think yeah. I'd love them to end it, but I'm worried they won't, but I'd be, I'd be really pleased if they did. Yeah. I remember when the last one came out and people were, um, people were saying it was a, it, it, it was a nice nod to films that we used to be able to, they used to be able to do in the 80s. Yeah. Um, that sort of, you know... Uh, Intent, yeah, like, intensely like, ridiculous. Yeah. It's a bit like Cannon. You couldn't do Cannonball Run two now, because that's just no. ridiculous all the way through and a big fight at the end. Yeah. And and the same with um, yeah Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop two. They tried it with Beverly Hills Cop three. It didn't really yeah, work. Um, at least that was close to the time. You know. Yeah, yeah, but, I, that, but it's I all think plastic tackiness. It. Plastic tackiness was real life in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Whereas now you'd sort of have to, I don't know. Everyone would be trying to be hipsters with iPhones in their pockets. Yeah, but back then all you had to do is get a, a really ridiculously white, expensive jacket and roll the sleeves up. Yeah, and, and a big yeah. hairstyle. Yeah, 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 and, yeah and, and sunglasses and and even men had shoulder pads. 
Oh dear! It wasn't a very, it wasn't I mean, a very pretty time. No. I mean, go, going back to Rambo, it's like for for the sort of uh, the action film people think it is. I'd say Predator is a better example of that, where it is just all guns blazing. Mm. You know, it is just a group of guys trying to survive this thing in the jungle. You know, that's didn't Predator have that was Arnold right, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I'm trying to get this right, right? The last Rocky is going to be when he trains Apollo Creed's grandson. Right? That's the, that's the plan for Rocky Seven. Wasn't Carl Weathers, wasn't he who played Apollo Creed, wasn't he in Predator? Yes. He was, yeah. Oh, look at that. Hey. Well, I want a round of applause, even if I give it to myself. <laughs> nice one. Without so that's the that's the uh, idea for the next Rocky. Because I thought they yeah. tried that with one of the others, where he's training, trying to train his own son. Yeah, I mean, I just did the circle of life there. It's a it's it's I a mean, way. You should both, it's a you way. You should both burst into um, yeah uh, Elton John songs for me. Then I it's think a, <laughs> it's um, it's it's a way to link up the uh, the, 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 the 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 what's it universe to the Predator universe, which has already been linked to the Alien universe. Yeah. Well, it is the circle of life. So does that mean he goes and fights um, yeah, the guy from Prometheus that played the... Hey, yeah! Which links to... Oh, brilliant. Oh, we, I think we've cracked it. I can't remember, believe I remember Carl Weathers' name. No, no, quite. No, he was in um, he was in Arrested Development. It's one of your favourite TV shows. Yeah, well, I, funnily enough, I missed that. Did you? <laughs> oh, never mind. Well, you didn't. You're not going to miss this. Oscars 2015. The Imitation Game and Selma criticised for being loose with the facts. As voting season begins, this story also from the independent.co.uk. The 2015 Oscars battle has well and truly begun after the Imitation Game and Selma both tipped for award success, were lambasted over alleged historical inaccuracies in a pair of hatchet job columns. Um, Oscar voting began on Monday and mudslinging, sometimes stirred up by rival contenders, over the veracity of films based on the true stories. Has it's become, a nice word, veracity. It's a love of veracity, yes. It's like, yeah. it's like vapid. Yeah. 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 The imitation I know, game. That's completely spoiled the flow, but it was worth it. Has, yeah, it. brilliant. The imitation game starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Alan Turing, the British mathematics genius who cracked Nazi codes, was accused of taking liberties with the facts in a heavily critical New York review of Books Block. Now, <clears throat> these are not the first. They are also not, they will not be the when, last when films the last? to be um, to be picked up for their. Slightly, you know, slipshod um, um, representation of what mm. went on, and their their extensive uh, what do they call it creative license. Indeed, well, I mean, you yeah, have to look before at stuff. you move on to taking the mic. Can I just say, yes, both of these films, um, for, for the British, the Imitation Game is really important. You know, the Alan Turing story is really important to our national identity, and it's. It's also in us as a nation for uh, guilt reasons, because this man was either driven to suicide or an accident, as his mother says, but um, the money is on suicide because he was gay, you know, and probably he was autistic and, you know, he had a few, you know, a few problems, but 
He was an absolute genius. And the world is... Look, people might say the world is not so wonderful. But, you know, <laughs> the world, whatever it is today, would be very different if it... My, Alan Turing's abilities at the time, it made such a difference to every single one of us on the planet, and I don't think people quite realise that. Now, also, Selma, which is an American... Um, isn't it to do with Martin Luther King and and that the history of you know, the civil rights in America. Now, these are two stories, one for the Americans, one for us, which are important enough. There, there should be certain stories where, you know, like there's going to be people in America, or there's going to be people here that don't really know about, you know, what happens in America. There's definitely going to be Americans that don't really know about what happened here with Alan Turing. Both of those subjects are really important enough that I really think that, there should be a consensus reach. There should be a point of saying, you know what? Some things are too important to completely screw up, right? Uh, you can go back in real long, long time history. You'll look at the list of other cock up, right? But you can go back in living memory, right? Both of those, I mean, especially Selma, is even closer to living memory than, you know, uh, Alan Turing. And I think it's really important because there's going to be a lot of kids that don't know history, right? And that's our fault as adults to not, you know, we, we blame the education system. We're, we're the ones that decide what our kids are learning. So it's our, our fault. Don't the teachers or whoever's in charge, but it's our fault. We should be going, no, they want them to learn this. I want them to learn that. We shouldn't be worrying about doing online petitions to make sure some, I don't know, some game gets made, sequel of a film gets saved. I don't care. That's what we should be worrying about. But the point is, there's certain subjects that are important enough to, society to be historically accurate and that's possibly why i think this story is actually important because of it's not like um like the likes of you me and tone we got an interest in some things and this isn't going to be the only place we ever hear about alan turing or the selma or the um you know the, I, don't, I don't know enough about the american side i know what i know right and i would watch that wanting to know the truth right and now if I watch it, I probably won't on the grounds of, I know it's a lie. Yeah. And it's pointless to me. I don't want it as an entertainment. I want it to teach me something important for me to know. But that, that's and the certain thing. things it, are important enough. And, you know, this is, you know, the civil rights movement in America, it's, it's still, I mean, look, they're still having riots around the country hmm. when things go wrong. Yeah. It's important enough to know that, Right now, especially right now in America, it's not the time to start messing around with history. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's stop ranting now. They've, um, I wanted to know if the imitation game was any good, and uh, and I was thinking, well, there must be some historical inaccuracies in it, and I'll, I'll check the Wikipedia page. And mm -hmm. uh, it lists quite a few things that I think if I'd gone to see it, because I, I haven't actually seen it yet, if I'd gone to see it, um, I would have, probably been sitting there thinking hang on a minute no 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 i would, have, act I would have actually got offended yeah. more than you know mm. just you know where i would have been offended but at the same time not for obviously, me. it's not for me but for him and his family the and memory, yeah the people oh, at bletchley park and yeah oh, anyway. i um i had a i had a similar feeling although it's that the story itself is nowhere near as important um I, I had a similar feeling when I watched uh, The Social Network. It's a great film. 
for for the most part, it it is absolute, you know, rubbish. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of it is in, is inaccurate. In fact, the entire premise of the film is completely incorrect. <laughs> you know, it makes it sound like he uh, he like Zuckerberg started Facebook so that he could you know get his own back at his girlfriend or meet girls or something like that but no he's he's actually had the same girlfriend since he was at college or whatever um see this is see this is why i get worried when we have you know we have films like the imitation game and uh and selma and things like that is, is that we're never actually gonna we're gonna we're gonna see the hollywoodized version but the trouble is the hollywood divides or hollywoodized version will become an urban myth and therefore fall into fact mm. Well, and that's the trouble. I mean, you're, you're saying, it? yeah, but you're saying, uh, you know, about the creation of Facebook. And I don't mean to demean your point, but who cares? Well, quite. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In comparison to these two stories, who gives a damn whether Zuckerberg did it, stole it, made it, invented it, did it to get his own back on a I don't care. Not in comparison to this. I mean, they're going to do, I mean, one of the reasons they're having so many troubles with the Steve Jobs biopic. It's because, you know, he's a demigod to some people. And it doesn't, and to some people, it doesn't actually matter what the truth is. It'll be the truth in their eyes of what they want the truth to be. And it's become a movie that's almost been unmakeable because you're, you're either going to do the, Ameri- you know, the um, Hollywood-ized fanboy thing or you're going to do the truth. But it's one of those things that is it's too divisive to get right. <laughs> that's why it's not... It will get made eventually, but, you know, you can have people going, that was rubbish. He didn't really do that. Even if it's factually correct, the people have been the truth. But with something like this, they're both two subjects so important that it shouldn't... Like I say, there should be some committee, like off-com or off-film or off-something that says, something off if you're going to make a film like this. <laughs> they're going to manage not to swear, but yeah. I managed to get it in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> They, they keep making the point about entertainment, don't they? It's like I saw one review, I think it was on either the number file or computer file channel on YouTube, where you know, somebody who'd studied the math, you know, especially with the math behind what Turing did, um, you know, and they said, oh, it'll all be you know, completely inaccurate what they had on screen. But as a film, as an entertainment, yes, it'd be fine, but don't go, don't go looking at it if you're a purist, that yeah, basically a warning. Yeah, but it's yeah. the, I mean, uh, you know what? I wouldn't understand what the maths were, even exactly. if it was yeah. correct. You know, it wouldn't make any difference to me. But what does make a difference to me is, I mean, someone told me there was car chases in it. It was like, <laughs> what, Alan Curran in a car chase. Are you sure? Yeah. You know, and, then, and uh, you know, think about it, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And that's not fair. You know, it's just not fair. Not for someone like him. Not because this is... Because he was so misrepresented all those years, this is like... This was billed as, and it should be the... You know, this is... This is the man we owed uh, our history to. This is also the man we owe an apology to, and the least we can do is do him justice. And I'm sure there's a million more reasons why Selma... Hmm. Like I say, I don't know enough about it. No, I need I bet there's a million more reasons why Selma should be done justice to as well. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, to go to those other movies because we're going to get all well, deep and meaningful. I was gonna, I was gonna put a point that uh, perhaps if you want a, a slightly more accurate 
version of the uh, of the story of um, you know of, of people like you know Alan Alan Turing and uh, Tommy Flowers, I believe he worked with. Um, then I, I remember um, Jeremy Clarkson did a uh, a documentary a few years back, actually. Mm, they did, and yeah. he started. You know, he started. I think it's it, on it YouTube about the computer, and he started with Charles Babbage and the difference engine, worked his way up through Turing and and. Uh, and everyone like that, and he, you know, saw the Colossus and everything like that, and it, and it was very interesting. It wasn't particularly, um, it it wasn't um, dramatized. <laughs> it was just. No. Uh, was, was that about the same time he was doing the the uh, whole Great Britain thing about Brunel as well? Uh, it was. It was after. It was part that. of the same series, wasn't it? I thought it was. I thought yeah, I that. think, that's three what I or think. four different subjects. Yeah, on yeah, that he series. picked four different. And the weird thing was, you it's know, like four great British people or something. Yes. Or, yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's on YouTube. Yeah, but I think I think that's, that's if you want to know more about it, go and watch that. Or read yeah. a book. Or, <laughs> that, that would be the thing. It's like, you know, if you are looking for total fact, then a docu- you know, a documentary like that would be probably mm. better. Which is why the story is important. Yeah. The story is interesting yeah. enough not to have to limit Hollywood eyes. This, this is they why. did the same with the, uh, the other code breaker thing a few yeah, years they, ago yeah, yeah. you know that yeah. room full of americans apparently uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean look, it's just it's not like if the americans don't want to watch it if if it's not true then don't make it don't make it well th- this is the, this is this is the thing i think i brought up when we originally heard about the imitation game which was i was very worried and i think this would probably be a lot better as a three or six part miniseries on the bbc mm. Well, let's hope it can enthusiasm to, to put the record straight. Well, quite, yeah. But on the other hand, we've got the uh, the we've got Crushable's list of the fourteen most offensively inaccurate historical movies of all time. Here, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Starts off with Pocahontas. <laughs> than- I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's really. I'm. I'm sure some government has had to apologise. Yeah. Yeah, that spate we had here of like Tony Blair going around to apologising everything from like cavemen onwards. Mm. Yeah, and I imagine there'll be a few Americans had to apologise because of Pocahontas is wasn't accurate. No, it's a Disney film. It is. It is a mm. Disney film. It's yeah, it's, that, that's, just, just a yeah, yeah. Not uh, exactly what you call the historical drama, is yeah. you know. JFK again, something that might be quite important to certain yeah. people. Hmm. And it was a good film. Although it was, a, goodness, it was oh, it's a brilliant film. Very but yeah, deep. it, it picked, but the second half was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, the, but it picked one of the conspiracies, didn't it? Where there were there were loads. Oh, it, was, well, yeah. that's the point, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you're going to do JFK. You yeah. have to have done the Scooby Doo ending or something because yeah. there's so <laughs> many. Look, I mean, even, there's, even there's either a really boring JFK. Is I, yeah, but there's either a really boring truth. Where it was a, he was a lot better shot than people thought he was, and it was just luck or bad luck, whatever way you want to look at it. Or the, you know, this, uh, look, how long until we going to have pick, you know, movies of plane planes flying into the twin towers and people, you know, turning those YouTube lunatics into factual? I mean, that, that's the next step, isn't it? But you know, again, JFK, I think it's quite important. To, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there was an awful lot of people greatly offended about the JFK movie. So, but, you know, that was the beginning of just making up history. 
There is bits of it that are factual, you know. A man in a car had his head blown out, you know. Um, and the rest of it, maybe they could have done it more, well, more sympathetically to, there's still a family involved. Indeed. Yeah. Well, anyway, 300, 300. I, I don't, I thought that was going back so far away. <laughs> yeah. away from the Battle of Thermopylae. Who's going to remember it? Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. remembers the Battle of Thermopylae? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? No. <laughs> you know what? I know I claim to be older than you lot, but not that old. No, no, quite. I thought it was quite uh, quite funny here. Um, uh, for for one thing, the uh, the Spartans didn't go roaring into battle almost entirely naked. They wore bronze armor, and for another, the Persian king Xerxes was presumably a real sized man, not an eight foot tall, oiled up behemoth sent here to dazzle you with his shiny shiny skin. Yeah, I thought that was a bit ridiculous, but it's a good film. It's it's um as long as you know it's rubbish, it's fine. Mm. American Hustle never seen that. No, no I, I, I know of it, and I know it won um, Oscars, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that's a... Gladiator as well. About. Well, you know, C8, I mean, who are they going to... What are they going to base on? It wasn't based on a person, really, was it? Not really, no. Just based on a... But uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character was, uh, was, was real. Was he? Uh, I think... Yeah, well, but I mean, want to know how the historians can tell you it's not real. Again, it's another version of history. But, you know, that's not as offensive to me as a lot of the things we've talked about. No. Okay, Marie Antoinette. Again, it's far enough back in time. I prefer the um, Peabody and Sherman version, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this was very good. Braveheart. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, why does yes, that, that surprise that, me that, that it's a load that, of yeah. trash? Yes. Sorry, Tone, you were... Yeah, just just the fact that I had Mel Gibson in it should have been a clue. Mm. Yeah. Mel Gibson. That, that, You're not that's really an American. That's You're a, an Australian. If that's not a warning from history, yeah. You know. Yes, quite. <laughs> Gibson, a warning from history. The Impossible. I don't know what this is about. It looks really offensive. Oh, it's about the, it's about the, the 2005 tsunami. tsunami. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's quite annoying. Oh, look, the Patriot. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello that's again, Mr. Gibson. Starring our favourite. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Won't hmm. back down. I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever heard of that. It's Maggie, oh, Maggie, look at that. Maggie Pro teacher movie about beating the system. Oh. Any one of those I liked. It was um, it was the one um, Michelle Pfeiffer did. That was quite good. Apparently, this was a propaganda film to discredit the te- teachers' unions. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. Oh, here we go. Yeah. It's a jolly romantic story. Are we going to start saying West Side Story wasn't true to a Romeo and Juliet next? Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, we all know that Shakespeare didn't actually write anything. It was the Earl of, or the, what's it, Prince of whatever. There's Spound have been his wife. Pearl Harbour, well, that was ridiculous from what I know. But at least in a funny way, it's the Americans belittling themselves. But yeah, that was... I remember when that came out, it was a bit like Saving Private Ryan and everybody on every beach and did happen to be um, American again. Don't get me wrong, three, five or six, was it, were American. They did a lot, but there wasn't 100% Americans there. But that's not what it's all. Uh, Elizabeth, oh, here we go. I mean, the point is, beef and times weren't quite as interesting as you'd like. And um, maybe no. you need to use it up. Again, it's far enough away. They had cake blanche in it, so that saved the day. Mm. They died with their boots on. Mm. 
I don't even know what they died with their boots on is. Civil War. It's an American Civil War film. Fair enough. Okay, but you know, I mean, look, <laughs> it's annoying. You know, we're not talking about modern day history where it's actually very relevant to people's existences today and why they are what they are and where they are what they are. Hopefully, most of these, if these inaccuracies were there, I mean, I think Pearl Harbor is one that should be looked into more, but hopefully if these are inaccu inaccurate, most of them people have got over um, and they can't be so, I mean, Pocahontas, I can't imagine how people could possibly cope with a cartoon character not being real. But, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I think there is a point to say that, that when, when something's of national or international importance, there's, there, maybe the censors should have a historical accuracy when it's an important subject. Mm. Perhaps we should have a rating, uh, you know, like we have rating systems for... Uh, yeah, you've got a BS yeah. that goes on the end of it. You've got a BS. It's, right <laughs> it's a PGBS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is only five steaming... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Five steaming beer. <laughs> Five Mel Gibsons. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. Let us get into the interesting bits. Back to the Future 2. Now that we've arrived in 2015, how much did the film get right? This story also from the independent.co.uk. It's 2015, the year of the glorious high-tech future predicted in Back to the Future Part 2. And the year of endless comparisons to the 1989 film. How much did it get right? It's fashion calls might have been wrong. Most people aren't wearing weird silver hats or coats with what they... Oh, madness. With what, yeah, with what looked like black post-it notes on. However, the tech predictions were mostly right, with some obvious exceptions. But Doc, Marty and Jennifer arrived on October 21st, 2015, so we've got another 292 days in county to come up with self-drying clothes and hoverboards. Now, there's been a lot of gifts going around, especially on Twitter. There was one that was a particularly good one, I thought. But, um, it was a picture of, um, of Griff and his... Um, and his gang from 2015 that says, everybody remember, this is what we're supposed to be wearing in 2015. <laughs> oh, it was quite funny. But um, Yeah, I, I did see that. I thought of you straight away, and then I went to your feed, and it was there. Yeah. Funny that. Even yeah. though I'd seen it somewhere completely unconnected. And yeah. yeah, yeah so. <laughs> the main thing I'd say is DeLoreans are still as rare now as they were when they made the film. They Yeah. yeah I've got yeah. a friend. I've got a friend. But, who but they don't get up to 88. <laughs> I don't think they did back then either. In my exactly. personal experience, you, you do have to not push them downhill to get them You do quick. not want the state of the brakes on a DeLorean. You do not oh, want no. to take it anywhere near the only 88 miles I knew an hour. that had a DeLorean basically kept the shell and put a new engine in, new gearbox, new bag. I think they paid like 10 grand for the because it was aluminium or something, wasn't it? There's uh, stainless steel. Yeah, stainless steel. Yeah, and it basically. <laughs> Paid ten grand for the car and spent about thirty grand making it safe. Yeah, pretty much. It was all dry brakes when it finished. Terrible, and the doors didn't make that cool sound either. They just went and yeah. then they didn't do it on the Enterprise had, either. No, none of them had that juicer thing on top. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, Mister Fusion? No, none of them yeah. had the juicer on the top. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could get the juicer though. What's <laughs> interesting? I'm looking at this clip and in the background it says Jaws 19 so they knew what way film movie, film movies were going by, back then didn't they yeah, yeah. If, if okay we're not Jaws Rocky 19 but we are Jaws. Rocky 7 yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> but, but there are a few things that were quite good come on you two are more um, well, they've, expert on this but 
They got they got 3D films right. We're watching films in 3D. They're they're not jumping out of. Um, it's hardly Isaac Asimov, is it? No, they're not jumping out of um, out of film um, out of cinemas. But you know, we've got the video calls. Yeah, well, we're doing a video call right now. Well, Tone and I have turned our video off to conserve bandwidth, but uh, Alex is coming through. Oh, I can turn mine off. If that's causing you any grief. That's no, 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 no. Keep it on. Keep it on. Uh, wearables. Yep, yeah, we're getting those this year. So Apple just about well you actually no we've we got about? all the Google ones sorry is that what it was around you reckon they all went oh, look, hold on we've got to get this out because of <laughs> in 2015 Back to the Future said we and we have a responsibility to make sure a film is accurate do <laughs> uh, you know something I wonder if in say 300 years time they'll be looking back at Star Trek and seeing what have we got <laughs> yes. What, 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 I mean, what you we could left? argue we've got things like the, you know, the touchscreen computers and all that, the the communicator. You well, know, I'll tell you phone. what, when you look at some of those things in uh, the next generation, and when Apple say, oh, yeah. you know, people copied our idea, I look at those and go, hold on a minute, that's an iPad, yeah. when was that made? 87 onwards. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm really going for them tonight, aren't I? So what's the ki- <laughs> what was in the kitchen that was good? Anything in the kitchen? Didn't they have full screen walls or something? Oh yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The t- television those, wall with a bunch of televisions on it, and also yeah. one of them was where I was watching television on um, on their on a pair of glasses, and there oh, was that um, that tiny little pizza that what's her name put into some kind of black and decker contraption, and she said hydrate level four, please, and it came out as yeah, an well, enormous that. pizza. Yep. And he had a fax that said you're fired. He did. Well, that's let's move on to the wrong stuff. Obviously, hoverboards. We haven't seen them even after many, yeah. many, many, many kickstarters. Just, just many attempts at fakery of yep. it. You know, yep. like that that recent one with Tony Hawk. You know, skateboarding. Yeah, you think about it, right? <laughs> right. We haven't got hoverboards, but every bugger and they should be banned everywhere. They got a drone, right? So how long until you're going to get a drone, like a load of drones mounted on a board and some idiot trying to fly it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll probably be like the idiot who try who tried to um, didn't he get a I think he won a Darwin Award or something like that. He tr- he got a load of helium balloons, laid down on them, and he went so high he froze to death. <laughs> something. Well, at <laughs> least probably, he got the award. At least he got the award. Well, yeah. yeah had, had he seen a certain Pixar movie with the guy with the house and all the balloons? <laughs> I nearly yeah, watched that oh, the other day, yeah. but everyone tells me it's really depressing. So I thought, oh, why don't I want to watch that? It's Christmas. Uh, up, no, uh, ups, ups, a good film. It is a good film. Okay, they didn't, they didn't get power laces right. We don't have motorized laces. Much to the okay. chagrin we, of many, we still have Velcro. Yes, we do have Velcro. That's futuristic enough. Um, flying cars, we don't have those. Um, we have again, electric cars. Again, they've been attempted many times. Though, has been attempted. We have self-driving cars to mm. a point and uh faxes no we do people do not communicate with fax very often these days you certainly no. wouldn't get your fired and you certainly wouldn't have someone say read my fax or something like that would you so um so yeah tone you see anything anything interesting in in, in here or anything that they have missed um i think i think you pretty much covered it the, oh, you, you picked out all the things I'd have mentioned in yeah. in that one. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I th- it, it's uh, it's unfortunate that, um, <laughs> that only a couple of things made it through. Uh, made it through the Back to the Future. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, like like I said, there's other things that seem to have got it more right. So we can kind of forgive it. 
Right, let us get into our final section of the day, and that is the stream. Straighten myself in, in my chair for that one. <laughs> Netflix VPN crackdown service pressured into blocking international streamers from US version. This story also from The Independent. Every single story on the show is from The Independent today. Netflix has been accused of blocking subscribers who use tools like VPNs to watch films and TV shows not permitted in their country. Uh, The video streaming giant is reportedly cracking down on users that circumvent geolocation restrictions after apparent pressure from movie studios who want full control over what people can watch where. According to Torrent Freak, uh, Netflix has rejected the claims, insisting their VPN policies have not changed. The streaming services terms of use state the content that may be available to watch will vary by geographic location. Netflix will use technologies to verify your geographic location. Some subscribers use tools like virtual private networks or VPNs to fool Netflix into thinking they are somewhere else in the world and therefore able to access a different set of movies and television shows illegally. Movie studios unhappy that uh, some Netflix users are breaching their license agreements have reportedly asked that Netflix starts punishing subscribers who use VPNs, even if it impacts legitimate streamers. It said that last summer, Sony Pictures shared research with Netflix on the capabilities of VPNs and other proxy tools so that it could block begin blocking violators now so in other words they're basically catching up with the technology it, it sounds like it doesn't it yeah, yeah. I, I, which which just means something else will be something else will created be used. Down. yeah yeah i don't particularly <laughs> have any problem with this because i don't use a vpn to um, mm. go through to netflix i and you know I, I just watch what i can get on the uk netflix i'm not really interested in what i can get from the the American one, but it's it's back to this. Also, partly the same issues we normally have with piracy: make something available, and people won't need to do things. Indeed, yeah, you know, yeah. things like this. Maybe charge a little bit more to get the American streaming stuff. I don't know, charge seven yeah. or eight pounds a month instead of just five, and get all the American stuff. Well, yeah, because they've they've talked about different tiers before, haven't they? You know, so have the basic account where it is just your region. Yeah, pay a little bit more. I'm, I'm sure with that, you know, with how little Netflix is for what you get, you know, a lot of people would be willing to, you know, do that. I mean, there's, there's people trying to get things that, you know, haven't been made available here for other reasons. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I really don't think that, it, that there's much point in, in trying to, um, in, in trying to stop yeah um people from from circumventing this i think i, th- I think the answer the answer lies in giving people a better you know yeah. better it's access and more access to different content yeah. it's also probably a small enough number as well that are actually doing this well, quite yeah yeah i know yeah, how to do it but i would never do it <laughs> yeah put it that way yeah there's a difference between having the knowledge and you know being automatically guilty of the crime isn't there but uh, yeah, um, I can say. I mean, they've, they've had a similar thing with WWE Network. Same thing, exactly. You know, where it was made available in the US, we we were promised it here, and then they pulled it within you know sort of twenty minutes to go before launch. It's not you know, and now they're cracking down on people on that as well. Same, I'm assuming they're using similar sort of data and set you know. Yeah, set up yeah. for that. Yeah, um, but it's you know it's they've just started cracking down on it. 
but people will find another way. I they will find you know, if, they, if they're that desperate, or if it's not made available through legal means. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as people always do, yeah. someone I mean, will find I mean, a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and there's a difference with this, I suppose. Where it is, yes, it's geolocked, but they're still getting your money somehow. Yeah. They are still getting your money. Well, That's, Netflix will, will will receive your money. I mean, you can go, you can visit the states and log in with your UK Netflix account. It'll just say they'll just think, ah, you're in the states. Well, yeah. welcome, good sir, and have yeah. access to all of this here's United the States content. Yeah, yeah. the Simpsons or, or whatever. Which is, I'm sure, which is, I'm sure, the main thing. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure that's what 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 drives people to, from the UK to the US every year. It's the fact that the Simpsons is available on, <laughs> on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and he's back in the room. There we go. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things I was reading. I don't know if it was necessarily through this but this has been floating around for a few days now um it was sort of came from sony originally with their uh, as you probably read but um what a couple of the, the uh, vpn sites um that have been uh, targeted shall we say have said all they've got to do is flick one switch and they won't be able to do it as in they won't be able to block them so i mean the v EPN already said, look, it's only because what they do, they look at, they look for certain IP addresses that they know are used by the VPN sites as their proxy addresses. Well, they'll just swap them. And that'll be the end of it. And it's all quite pointless. But what it seems to me is Sony have made their weekly fuss, you know, because that's <laughs> what Sony do. Yes, God. Uh, Netflix have gone, oh, we've got a contract with you. Uh, we don't want any hassle. Yes, we'll do what you say. And the VPNs are going, go on, see if we care. We'll press one button and you'll be back to where you started. So, it's, so it's, what it is, is everybody have basically got into agreement and said, look, at least we're seen to be doing what you want. And they've gone, yeah, yeah, go on then. And at the end, nothing will change. But every now and again, they put out these stories to try and scare people that are doing it. I mean, I suppose... By the letter of the law, you're doing something wrong, right? And that's just fact. What uh, Netflix... No, in fact, I don't blame Netflix at all in this. What behemoths like Sony need to learn is the world isn't the place that you designed your carve-up for. Back in the day, you carved up the world you did it in videos and basically just didn't send them to another country right you didn't release that film in that country for a year and so you stitched them up twice right then you had dvds then you regionalized it because you thought we well, look we can make more money by stitching everyone up and making them pay 15 times right and then people then just went okay we'll make multi-regional dvd players so that stitched them up so then they went for the uh, drms and everything you know, give me seven seconds and I'll crack that. You know, not a problem, right? And what they've got to realize is if they want to be a worldwide company and they want to sell to the world, they've got to stop treating people like they are a subculture of America. Mm. Because that's what they do. America gets everything first and America gets everything cheapest, right? And then they go... Yeah, what we do, we go to America because that's our cash cow, but then we get something big and we get something going and we get everyone else excited because we get the, you know, the the 
the machine in America to organise that for us, and then we double the price, make make them make them wait a year, and uh, then basically treat them appallingly. If you want to work in a an international worldwide company, then you've got to start behaving and licensing licensing things to human beings rather than different regions, so you can exploit them. Once you've stopped doing that. You can then forget about VPNs, yeah. Netflix, having to worry about. Stop treating us. I know I sound like Madden and his like tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah. you stop treating us so appallingly, then us as human beings won't feel that we need to find ways around your dictatorial and archaic practices. Do you think I've made myself clear? A- amen you, to you that. Know what? Carl's yeah, going to be sitting there going, "Go on, I can't believe he actually said something." I agree. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he'll, he'll be going. Oh, I wish I was on this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he will be. He will be. Yeah. Well, we'll have but him yeah. on at some point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And when he comes on, I will say complete opposite just to annoy him. Indeed, <laughs> he likes that. Yeah. He enjoys. But yeah, that. completely right. Like, like I said, you know, if you make it available, and if they make it available equally to everybody, there's probably actually more money in it for them. That's what they, a lot of them seem to be missing because that's what they're after, isn't it? They're after the the dollar sign or the pound or whatever, you know. And you know, make it available at a reasonable price. You get more people is, buying. You make more. With Netflix, there's <laughs> a good example. No one is stealing the content. They are no. paying for it. Right? Yeah. They are happily paying for this content. Have they not worked out? If someone is happy to pay them for their content, then give it to them. Yeah. It's like um it's like Netflix. It is my voice, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Netflix with um with House of Cards. It's available yeah. everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I must admit to having a slight bit of um, one-upmanship when um, uh, Amazon UK has got Ripper Street and the Americans have got to wait for that. And, like, I had someone in America write to me and go, oh, that's a bit unfair. And I went, oh, yeah. I've been waiting so long to hear that. Yeah. Well, they even, yeah. get, they even get Doctor Who at the same time as us, don't they? Mm. Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, are you ready, Alex? There was a, uh, you know what? I can't even remember it. Once you get started, I might, it might drop my. Memory. There was a Doctor Who Christmas special. Let's have yeah. a retrospective about it. We all watched it. Did we all watch it, Alex? You saw it. I watched it in about three different bits because I kept falling asleep. Oh, did you? Oh, dear. That's not. It's nothing to do with a. Did, did you get I'm confused sorry. of which film it was? Oh, you know what? I watched the whole thing. Right. And then, so I watched in sections. I watched the whole thing, and about three days later, I spoke to Carl, and he went, "I won't. I don't want to spoil it." And he said, "But blah blah blah." And I went, "Really?" Because that was the whole point of the entire show. I went, "Okay, I didn't think it made sense." <laughs> so, it might have been because I watched it in a few goes, or it might have been really crap. One of the two, but I didn't get the entire apparently obvious premise of the entire program when i had it explained to me i was like isn't that the type of stories we wrote when we were in primary school to get out of it not making any sense it's, it's all right it, it is just crap it was oh, okay terrible. good i got 20 I mean, minutes into it and i damn near turned it off if, if it worked for <laughs> dallas if it was sorry it's true. if it worked for dallas the whole yeah. idea of you know, yeah oh, what was his name something you in what was JR. his name now the other one bobby Bobby, yeah. Yeah, it was the Bobby Ewing moment. So if you're of a certain age, you've got the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there is one big positive, isn't there? 
Is there? We get Jenna Coleman for another series. <sighs> so even if it's rubbish, we've got something to look at. But yeah. That, I mean, the Christmas specials are rarely much cop. But that well, the Christmas to... specials never normally have yeah. the, I was about to say, the assistant. I don't know what you call them now. No, yeah, no, they're they usually the assistant. Years. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they don't they've normally have it. special guests like, like that yeah. year they had Kylie Minogue and whatever. Mm. Yeah. But it's rarely... Uh, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who that was actually that bad. It was embarrassing how, how bad it was, I thought. I thought well, so, like I say, it didn't manage to keep me awake. No, yeah, quite. Twice. Quite. <laughs> and I, I, I did I, think... If I'd have recorded this, I could have actually watched it in one go yeah. and seen if it made any more sense. But apparently it didn't. I probably would have watched it at 2x myself. I just, just saved myself the hour or whatever it was. See, I, I did enjoy it for seeing all these other films that it was combining into it, you know. Yeah. You know, um, I've really missed it because I haven't got a clue what you're talking yeah, about. Well, there was Inception was in there somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I've and, not seen Inception. And Alien. So alien was in there. Alien, I mean, there's, there's even a line. It's, you know, somebody mentions, oh, there's a horror, horror movie called Alien. And the Doctor's reaction is, no wonder you're always being invaded. Yeah. Well, the guy says it looks like a face hugger, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that was it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I enjoyed Nick Frost as Santa. <laughs> sort of Santa, but... <sighs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, that fine. was the comic relief yeah, with the elves and that of the whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it had Jenna Coleman in it. I suppose it did, yeah. And that made my Christmas Day that much nicer. <laughs> did it? <laughs> okay. All right. But I'm determined to like something about it. I did have a really nice sleep, though. It was that, that was the Christmas. <laughs> I've had dinner. <laughs> I've had too much to eat. I've had some nice drink, and everyone's now relaxed and quiet. And Doctor Who was on, and then I was out. And that was like that's possibly one of the nicest sleeps of the whole year. <laughs> it's that sleep where you know no one's even going to tell you off because, as a dad, as a father, as the matriarch, yeah. if you like, it's patriarch, but I might as well be the matriarch because I cook the turkey. Right, so anyway. you're not the matriarch at all. No matriarch. <laughs> um, it's it's the couple of hours in the year which is completely acceptable for me to just fall asleep on the couch and snore. Yeah. And nobody comes and pushes me or shoves me on mine. They just go into another room and quietly shut the door to let me sleep off the alcohol. When See, I didn't have I, I, got that, I got that snooze out of the way and woke up just in time to watch this. So I think... Yeah, I, think start, I, I think I got it right. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think at the start I was a little bit, you know, still waking up and a bit confused by some of it. But, you know. Well, I watched yeah, it on yeah. the iPlayer, and I yeah. really wish I hadn't wasted the bandwidth. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't as bad as all that. Yeah. See, at least you tried to watch it, though. I mean, I did see people not even watched it and said, oh, it was a load of... It's like, well, how can you how can you possibly know if you didn't watch it? Oh, no, you can't know if it was any good or not unless you watch yeah. it. Yeah. You can have a, have a guess, but, you know, or, or you can find something you wouldn't like about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like a lot, a lot of people watch, you know, have, have stayed watching some of the newer audience have stayed with it because of Capaldi and things like that, you know. Yeah. Because he's yeah. been so good in that role despite all the other faults. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, will, I, think you um, watch it. I, I will carry on. I will carry on watching the new series next year if mm. and when it arrives. And uh, let's hope it's a little bit better than the, than the Christmas special because mm. they are generally better. They are generally yeah. Better. Right. 
shall we move on to the rest of what we have been watching, reading, listening to, or playing over the last couple of weeks? We will start. We shall start with me because I um. Uh, last year, you've actually got a list for. I have. I got, I've got a list. Six things in this. Read it and weep. Um, <laughs> Wolfenstein: New Order. Now, I, I put it as a game. Um, I uh, I purchased this earlier in the year, and the the PC that I had at the time uh, wasn't actually able to run it properly. It wouldn't even start. And um, and recently, I bought myself a new gaming rig, um, which which can play this at maximum of everything. And uh, do you call it Diana? Six, uh, no, I don't. You I don't. Do. It's a good joke, though. It's the best I could come up with as I saw it. calling it oil. oil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Olive oil rig, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's basically, a, it, it's, it's the latest in the, um, in, in the Wolfenstein saga. Obviously, there was Wolfenstein 3D back in the, you know, back in the 90s. There was um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which is one of my favourite games of all time. It was, was that the remastered? Because it was... What Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Yeah, that was that was a that was kind of the remake of the original that started yeah. back at back at the beginning, and and it was yeah, a good story. Just update all the graphics and yeah. so on. Yeah, good story, good good bit of action, and it's just 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 fun. Um, yeah, I'm and, waiting for Wolfenstein Seven when each grandson to try and become the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. For the uh, boxing, oh dear, yeah. against Hitler himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, after after Return to Castle Wolfenstein, there was another one which I can't actually remember the name, and and it wasn't very good. It was very run of the mill, uh, but it was made by Raven Software, so you you have only them to blame for that. Um, and after that was Wolfenstein New Order, which is a kind of a, a kind of a sequel like to a band from the eighties. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I don't know. I've gone off from. There's a chapter in the game called Blue Monday. Blue Monday, yeah. Um, <laughs> Can only play in Manchester. Indeed, um, Wolfenstein New Order is. Um, it basically picks up in uh, 1946. Uh, the Germans are um, are winning the war in quite a big way. It's it's an alternate universe, and uh, they've got all this. All this I was just glad. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Alan um, Turing and Tommy Flowers would be turning in their grave. They would, but yeah, it's an alternate universe. It's all right. It's it's just a game. And, um, yeah, all kinds all kinds of nasty stuff has happened, and then basically you end up in a in an insane asylum for fourteen years, and you come come back in uh, nineteen sixty. Uh, the the visuals. And then you are, get a job hosting uh, the news on BBC One. Yeah, yeah, you could do. You could do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The visuals are incredible. Uh, the mu the, the the music is good. The the score. There's actually um, they've actually got several versions of popular songs from the sixties that have been redone in German. <laughs> it's actually quite uh, it's actually quite effective. Um, how, how does Yellow Submarine work? Yeah, you know, Yellow U boat. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but there's a I didn't House, do that one. House of the Rising Sun in German. And uh, a couple of other, couple of other bits and pieces, but it's a, it's a, it's a really good game, and I, and I hope uh, it, it, it's got a, it's got a good, nice final ending to it. Um, and the, uh, the, the cover of I believe they all woke up and it was all a dream. No, the <laughs> there was a cover of you could have a Christmas special like that. Indeed, you could. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the cover of uh, Chris Isaac's um, I believe at the end of the, uh, at the end of the episode was, uh, was very good as well. At the end of the 
um, the end of the game was very good. Um, and yeah. If you wrote music for computer games, right? Yes. And you did FIFA. Yes. If you did the music when someone got a goal, would you be writing the score for a score? Yes, you would. So I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> Quite finished. <laughs> That's taken me 15 minutes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. But no, I was I was really impressed at how 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 good it was, considering how bad the previous one was. Um, I may replay it at some point. It was very good. The next thing on my list is House, which is on Netflix. I finished Bingo, it. Bingo, as we call it. I fi- yeah. Yes, I finished it. <laughs> Hugh Laurie, Omar Epps, Robert Sean Leonard, or whatever his name with is. With the most American-British man ever... Indeed, the most yeah. American, yeah, and uh, I, the 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 entire cast from uh, I watched it from um, seasons uh, si- seasons six, seven, and eight. I watched mm. very good. A, a lot of people said that it it kind of it started to wane as it as it got older, but I I think I think it just got better. I mean, there was a lot more character development in the later series, less you know less emphasis on the on the whole. Um, you know the the, the whole the of the, diagnostic yeah. medicine thing, um, but uh, no, can't Hugh, be Quincy. Yes, Hugh Laurie acquitted himself uh, admirably, I think, and uh, and it ended. It ended really well. Was well. he a judge? No, well, <laughs> I thought you said he acquitted himself. No, he, well, you know what I mean. It's yeah. um, it, it's very good. Ended very well. It ended in the best possible way it could. And the next thing I watched at, uh, at Christmas because uh, one of my family ended up with the Blu-ray thanks to me. Um, well, Despicable Me and Despicable Me too. but I only watched Despicable Me. It's funny, isn't it? It's hilarious, yeah. No, I bought, I bought, um, <coughs> I bought my sister a, um, a a Minion plush, plushy, <laughs> the Minion toy, because we both, we both like Minions a lot, and, um, oh, brilliant, yeah. It's just a, just the, just the right amount of fun on Christmas Day, that, Despicable Me. If you need a if you need a fun film just to cheer you up or something like that, just yeah, that would be fine. Brilliant. Despicable Me and Despicable Me Two are exactly the way to write a children's film so adults and children can enjoy it, but for completely different reasons. Mm. Yeah, and you can both <laughs> sit there and you're enjoying yourselves and nothing really matters and they're giggling at certain bits and you are hitting your hand behind your mouth giggling at other bits and it's exactly as family entertainment should be and it's you couldn't do it much better than the way they've done it really clever it is very good very good indeed and uh i will i i will seek out the minions film next year uh this year because i thought they were doing a they are i couldn't remember whether it was a film or a tv cartoon spin-off it's a TV. it's a film it, it's, it is a film yeah it'll be out in uh summer of this year and I will yeah, be going. They've to ended watch up it. being the most popular characters. They have. I, I so guess. I'm sure I, there are other characters. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure there are other characters. But all I keep seeing is these little yellow, one-eyed. Yeah, but I think uh, I have a feeling the minions. The minions took them a bit by surprise. <laughs> I don't think they were expecting. Uh, well, it, it's the Sean the Sheep of the uh, Wallace and Gromit quite, fame, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing I watched was. Um, was Wait, going back to the historically accurate. Yeah, yes, the historically slight. This is reasonably accurate. Yeah, stuff. it is actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's Rush. Brilliant. Chris Emsworth and Daniel Brühl, uh, or Brühl, or whatever his name is. Um, it's uh, the story of uh, James Hunt and uh, Nicky Lauder. Um, in uh, Nicky, what? Sorry, Nicky, Nicky Lauder. Louder. 
Yeah, thank you. There you go. Oh dear, he's on fire tonight, <laughs> isn't he? Jesus. <laughs> from the uh, from the mid seventies, uh, very good. I I uh, I I especially like the the way it's um, the the I especially like the cinematography because it's it's done in such a way that makes it it doesn't make it because uh, modern Formula One is very polished, very clean. It makes yeah. it the way I remember it. Looked dingy it. And, it makes yeah. it. Was it seventy seven? He won it. Seventy six. Seventy six. Because I remember him winning it. Yeah. yeah, and being quite excited. That's about the last time I was excited about Formula One. <laughs> yeah, quite. I remember him winning it. And all the girls going crazy. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's very, very, um, uh, very, very dirty looking. And, um, but that's very what visceral. Was. Formula One was well. like that. Yeah, at yeah. the time. Yeah, it I think was, it was loud. It was dirty. It was perfume. Yeah. And it was just that they quite often couldn't quite focus on quicker and the cameras were able to catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was and that. There it was. And everything yeah. was. And that's even cuts. with this. Even with this, you know, as I think I said before when I reviewed it, you know, when I first watched it, it's, you know, they refilmed a, they filmed a few bits with replica cars, didn't they? You know, and, and that was that was almost seamless the way that was put in. It was. It is. It's very good. It, yeah. it, none of it really ever looked CGI, did it? You know, no, no. It's very even though well there done. were there were bits of CGI, obviously. Yeah. Well, how much of it? Do you know how much of it is actually original footage and how much? I mean, obviously, the stuff that they're watching on the televisions is. Yeah, but stuff um, like the I would have thought the footage of the crash that's kind of um, that was done. Yeah, that that was partially. Well, they, they they tried to recreate it with you know sort of more physical effects, and then they slightly augmented it with CGI, really. But you know they did have the original footage of that from that certain camera angle as well to go on. But it was just their sort of you know they redid it. They didn't want to use that original footage. No, even though they, even though you do sort of see it later when they do a little replay of it, yeah, it's like the Senna film. They, they can't really show the real footage. You never see, you never well, see that. Uh, so yeah, the Senna film you see, you know, that was all documentary footage. But yeah, you never see the actual the impact, the pivotal moment. Yeah, no, no. I mean, thankfully well, he was gone before so. that ever actually happened. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I told you about Rush, didn't I? I was, well, I was talking to a client man and she was saying oh, I went to the cinema last night with all my family and, and we saw the film about my cousin and I was like being really polite going oh that's nice I think I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and I won't tell you her first name because she's quite a famous artist but she said to me um, well you know it's been a while now and I sort of you know we were, it's nice to see something about James because he's been out of the you know been out of uh, people's consciousness I'm like, ooh. And then after a while, she can't done. She goes, what's my surname? And I went, hmm. I went, yeah. She goes, and who's James? I went, James Hurd. She went, put the two together. I went, oh, it took about yeah. 20 minutes of her telling yeah. me all about this. Because the whole family met up in London, because most of them aren't in London. And they all went to, I think it was the cinema in Barnes. They all went, because that's yeah. where the London house is. And they all went to Barnes to watch it together and they said it was actually quite nice. And it was, you know, all I can say is the family approved of the film and said, you know, yeah. it was as accurate as it needed to be. It yeah. portrayed them both quite honestly and nobody particularly yeah. came out of it badly. I mean, that that was the difference between that and the Senna film because the Senna film made Senna look brilliant, obviously, and, and Prost looked quite bad by the end of that. 
Yeah, which is a Whereas shame. This, need to, well, this, by the end of it, yeah, at the start, louder they were making him look like a jerk and whatever. But by the end, he was, you know, it's like the two of them were, you know, friends, rivals, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, all I know is the family yeah. approved. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's... Because there was so much in that where, you know, there might have been moments where... Oh, which he was just saying to me, I mean, yeah. he was a, just... Yeah. In certain aspects, he was far, far worse than the portrayal ever was. He drank a lot more and he slept with a lot more women than they made mm. out, right? He was a real lad, you know? Mm. But that was his role. He was a Formula One driver in the 70s. Mm. You know, I mean, he certainly lived up to what he was supposed to. Yeah. If anything, they, that's where Formula One drivers in the 70s yeah. got their reputation from. He just happened to be able to drive a car quite quick that went with it. <laughs> but he had the looks, he had the hair, and he had the voice. What can you want? Yeah, yeah, indeed. But it, yeah. it's a great film, and I may even watch it again um, at some point. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's very good. The next thing on my list, this is this is lasting a long time. This is, a, this is actually a list. I'm not used to doing this. Uh, it's James May's Toy Stories. The BBC opted to show James May's Toy Stories on Christmas Day, and the Top Gear one was on After. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Was this was this the Action Man? This was the Action Man at yes. speed at the speed of sound. This was fantastic. Yes. Christmas Day viewing. It was. Um, I mean, it's it's it's. Um, it's James May being um, just just kind of you know being a kid at Christmas, basically messing around with with stuff and being yeah. very interesting at the same time. I thought I mean I, I thought it was it was incredibly funny when they had that uh, that pressurized thing. They just, they just tried to put Action Man in a in a model um, Harrier or something like that. Yeah, charged it up to something or other yeah. PSI, let the thing go, and the yeah, place just the, exploded. The air cannon. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like his head was snapped back, wasn't yeah. it? And all. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's. it's uh, there like, were moments like that throughout the thing when they were testing yeah. the different ways they were going to try it. Yeah, yeah, but the, it, like everything that James May seems to um, seems to hang his hat on, you know, everything that he he he, he does, all this you know, without like, the other two, yeah. like the to- like the Toy Stories, and even you know even the the wine adventures that he did with um, Oz, with, with yeah. Oz Clark, they were brilliant. See, this is the thing, right? I, I mean, I mean, you're going to go on to Top Gear again because you've already mentioned it, so that's all right. I've just, it's saturation point and I can't take it anymore. I can't take any of those three anymore doing anything, right? It, because it's saturation. And I, it's just like, you know what? It's been about, seems like 10 years. I don't know how long. But it seems like anything that comes on telly that could be good has got one of those three in it. Right, and then it's not normally a problem, but I'm tired of it. Now, James May's never done anything to offend me in any way, shape, or form. I think he's probably a really decent bloke. He's got quite a nice delivery, but I can't hear his voice without hearing the groaning, the moaning that goes with it with the other two. Right now, I, I don't actually particularly dislike the other two, but as a three, oh, I just I've had enough. Right, but when you said when James May did. The wine thing with oh, I forgot his name because we did mention him. Oz Clark. That was the most one of the most wonderful things on telly I've seen in a long, long time. Because James May was being able to be James May. He wasn't the butt of any joke. They were just joking. But they were two people that 
quite clearly lied to each other and quite clearly also got on each other's nerves and quite clearly were doing something and you were being let into some real honest, blokish, mannish. It was really honest, absolutely honest, right? And it was silly, and it, but it, there was no pretense about it, whereas... The other lot, the Top Gear, it's almost like it's rehearsed to the point of caricature. It is. Well, it's all heavily scripted. Yeah, and I've had enough of it. But yeah. when James May did it with Oz Clark, James May and Oz Clark blossomed in a way that was such a delight to see. Yeah. And when James May does it on his own, they give him that same... I nearly swore. It was <laughs> to do with balls, right? Yeah. And they give him that same overly absolutely locked down to this character that he's got to play the whole time and it strikes me as he's bored and it comes across to me as he's bored when he's playing that character he probably does enjoy doing the store the, the toys and he doesn't do enjoy doing that but you when you saw him with Oz Clark being completely natural compared to what you see in these things don't watch it because it disappoints me because a lot better than they allow him at the screen with real earth. He's a lot better and a lot nicer they allow him to be. They want him to play the Middle England sort of lower upper class buffoon. We know he's a bit brighter than he pretends to be, being a bit more melancholic than he actually is. He's a lot more witty than they allow him to be. So that's what why I find it better yeah. to watch things like James May's story. Because yeah. they're hobbling him. The other two have had their day right the, the richard hammond can carry on doing kids tv in argentina whatever he does bloke um whatever his name is like we said he did when he was on his own and he was talking about something he cared about rather than pretending to care about cars when he was talking about um uh, flowers and turin and everything he was really interesting and he was being a little bit cocky and whatnot but he did it with pride of britain in his eyes you know and that was okay. The three of them together have got to a point now that is yawnorama. The three of them being able to do what they do well apart could be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sorry to be little James May's Toy Stories because I'm sure it was very good. It's brilliant. Well, the, the, way I, the, way, the way I've seen it is, is the, the way he is on Toy Stories and the way he is on Man Lab... Because you can see he has some fun on that. Yeah, that, um, that's his more sort of adventuring with... You know, science-y type thing. Yeah, right, isn't it? yeah. Or it says, yeah. "Oh, I've got a good idea. Let's make a, you know, yeah. let's 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 make a let's make a snooker table." Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. still it's still too deliberate. Yeah. Well, maybe, but but when know. he does it with Oz Clark, and basically they're drunk anyway, so how deliberate can you be? But it's totally and utterly natural. And when That's... I saw that, everything else went. Oh, you know what? You've done yourself a disservice by showing us how good you really are. Yeah, and then you're giving us this well rehearsed, slightly buffoonish act, and it's like, no, nah, I don't want to see that anymore because I've seen see, someone that I really respect. Yeah. See, see, the weird thing is, you say that, um, but I think the best Toy Stories have been the ones that had Oz Clark in it as well. Because yeah. he was in one of the, he's in yeah, one the, of the, 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 the those trade have been brilliant. And the the Meccano bike was it around the oh, around yeah, the Isle of, the Ma- the Isle of Man TT course. Yeah, that was Clark there doing his thing. That was, yeah, that was good. <laughs> they, they, I think those are the two. I mean, this one was really enjoyable. Mm. But I do think the two 
is it two Toy Stories where Oz Clark's been in it as well? Mm. They've been, they have been my favourite of those. Yeah, well, yes. even though they're proven. Yeah. Tony agrees with me, even yeah. though he didn't. Even, and he the did. Man Lab, the Man Lab ones, when he's been, he's been in Man Lab as well, hasn't he? Because he's done yes. stuff yeah. like when Rory had to um, had to. Uh, pretend to be a wine ponce or something like yes. that, and, and, uh, and Oz was there giving him the tips. Yeah, yeah and uh, and they they ran away from um, was it was it Dart Dartmoor? Yes, he and James escaped. Yeah, that's the one. And that that yeah. was really good. But on the other hand, you've got. Um, do you remember uh, James May did this? He did this uh, Top Gear Cars of the People. It was completely different yeah. presentation. It was more Top Gearized, and he and he so, didn't seem as if he was having quite as much yeah, fun it was with just, that. It was more an excuse to be just under that banner, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, because it, it, it was good series. That year's Top Gear Christmas yeah. offering. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a good series, the Cars of the People, but uh, yeah, not not quite as good as as his. I normal think the stuff. whole thing with the, I think the whole thing with the cars with those three, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you might love it and. I know Toad did because I nearly got into a slight argument with him over Christmas about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we never argue. We just agree to completely disagree, yeah. completely yeah. and utterly, I mean, unreservedly. Yeah. Let's but, take this to DM. <laughs> yeah, no, we never do. We never fall yeah. out anyway. Yeah. But the point is, it's just like it's had its day. You know, if you want a car program, do a car program. But you know, buffoonery is it's it's old hat and. You know, it's Yawnorama. Sometimes my kids put it on and I sort of walk into the room and I've actually almost got a pathological annoyance, I wouldn't say hatred, but getting a pathological annoyance of how how long have they been doing it? Say 10 years. It's 10 years of one joke. And I'm like, that's enough, lads. You, all three of you are... It's actually a point of, you know, everyone says, you know, you're, you're what you are together, but you're so much more when you're together, you know. You say you're, you're all what you are on your own, but you're so much more together as a group. Some is greater than the parts. Yeah. Well, it's completely the other way over them. It is, yeah. You know, break it up. Come on, lad. Time to go your own way. Someone needs to ring a bell and go, time, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. please. Time at the time at the gear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go. carry on with top gear, but bring in some young yeah. people with a little bit of attitude and let them yeah. go out to grass and do what they actually want to do because yeah. when they do the thing they actually want to do, they seem to be so much better at it. Yeah. They, they're as they, tired with it as I am, I think. It just pays them an awful lot of money to be bored. That's, that's probably why it's been sort of sold where they've, they've remade it around the world. is like Australian, uh, German, quite famously, you know, the American Top Gear. Yeah. Well, um, it's one of the BBC's most successful exports, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's, that's um, the reason that they'll never, you know, they won't, stop it until it starts becoming that and for all the people that were complaining you know it's like it's like well you're not being forced to watch it are you no. <laughs> you know what part of me right and now i don't know how um, how clever clarkson is right but part of me thinks some of these gaffes or so-called gaffes that he makes yeah. are deliberate deliberate but not just deliberate to get attention it's deliberate to push a few buttons because I don't think he's enjoying it. And he hasn't got the nerve to say, you know what, you're paying me bucket loads of money and I want to leave anyway. He hasn't got the nerve to do it or he doesn't want to do it because he thinks that will cut the uh, money going to the other two. I don't know. But he thinks if I behave badly enough occasionally when I'm in a really foul mood and I'm fed up with it, if I behave badly enough, maybe they'll just kick me out and then the whole thing will stop. But it won't 
don't be my fault because I never ended it. Yeah. It will just be the BBC being BBC. And I just think, I'm not sure it's premeditated as obviously as that, but I think when he's had enough, he behaved, I mean, we all did it when we were at school, you know. When we've had enough, we behaved badly and we thought, well, this lesson is really boring. I'm going to play up a bit. And you don't particularly want to get sent out or told to wait in the corridor or go to see the headmaster. But when it happens, you think, actually, wasn't the worst result I could have got. Yeah. And it sort of strikes me as, I think they're all a bit bored, but none of them want to tell the other ones. And that's how it reads to me. I think and let's is- face it, I'm always right. Yeah. That seems to be why you know, it, it seems to be getting less often they're doing this, even though this, I think they're still doing one series and one special a year, aren't they? But it, it feels like it's less, you know, less often than that somehow. You know, also probably helps that the series are so short. It's like, you know, I think, you know, this year we had five episodes of the regular. It's cut down from normal BBC six, you know. But how many new cars, especially at the moment, how many new cars... Exactly. Are put out that are interesting. How many people watch Top Gear because they give a damn about the cars. cars? Yeah, yeah. What's it, happened there? New, they've changed. They've changed yeah. the program so much. And how many more stupid tasks can they get these people to not be able to do? And how many times can you just let Jeremy Clarkson win a race, whatever the possibilities are that he shouldn't win it? You know, I'm going to fly a Learjet from A to B, and you're going to drive a car, and somehow. Don't ask me how <laughs> you'll win. Well, he did you lose know? one of those ones. Yeah, he was he was in the train just, and he lost it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't but, but his fault because it wasn't him in control. Oh, yeah, indeed. yeah. Yeah, it was just him stoking the fire, wasn't indeed. it? Indeed. Quite well, literally, this time for once. Well, yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. yeah feeding the coal in there. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, the last thing on my list is Top Gear. It was fine. Um, yeah. yeah. Is this the Patagonian disaster? It was the Patagonian. Yeah, the one where I, I did see a lot of tweets on at the end of the second part. It's like, oh, the Argentinians—they're—they're all—they're all thugs. It's like, hang on, that's probably the same way they see us, you know. Just as well, you're not a paediatrician in Nottingham when they can't understand that either. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's people. You know, if you want to show a story, so how many people in Argentina? And there was probably half a dozen people got the ump. Yeah. That, and that, you know that what? Gap, and if they you, made it, yeah. Yeah, if you know Top Gear, right, and if you, you know, know the history staged. of Top Gear, yeah. you know, one, you know it's staged, and two, if you see a number plate like that, at any show on the planet, whether it's true or not, I don't actually care, but of any show on the planet where you think, the little sods, they think that's funny, do they? It'll be the one show on the planet where you wouldn't give them the... the, mm. the um, Benefit down, not a chance. Because if there's one show on the planet where they would have thought, you know, that'll be funny, because it's not, it would have been Top Gear. So one person says that, and there's no way. I mean, when it came out and they were denying it, I went, not a chance in hell that that wasn't on purpose. And then I came to the conclusion, I, I don't care either way. But you know, you know, if I don't know, if someone came here and said, oh, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anything we've done recently enough for it to still be raw. You also got to remember in Argentina, they play politics with the Falklands War on a, well, however often they have an election every two years because of whoever's trying to get in says, I'll get the Falklands back. And so here, it was a done deal 20, 30 years ago. And we're like, okay, that war's over. Let's sort of get yeah, on with our move lives. On. Yeah. But in Argentina, it's not move on. Yeah. It's the way you get political power by stirring up the people. So it's always fresh in their minds. 
And whoever made the decision to even, you know, go there without checking everything a million times probably should lose their job. Because I, mean, that, it, I don't know, it'll be like going into some Middle Eastern country with really strict alcohol laws and pouring whiskey or, you know, pouring whiskey in your engine yeah. to see if it runs on that. You know, yeah. you're just abusing people and you're being stupid. And you know what? If you keep poking people or poke, was it they say something like poking the lion? If you keep poking it, mm. eventually it's going to bite. You know, don't be surprised when he, I say that to my son sometimes when he's annoying the cat. If you keep doing that, he's going to scratch you. And it'll be your own fault. And that's what they've done, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, even at that ending point, they did go to sort of great pains to say, emphasize, look, we've been through most of this country and, uh, what was it, Chile over the border. And it's like everybody's been fine up till this, you know, point. Yeah, but I noticed they didn't go to Chile and have a general Pinochet number plate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, it was um, up to that. It was sort of standard, you know, Top Gear special, wasn't it? You know, I mean, it, the the person made me laugh laugh most on it was James May again. You know, it's like it's like his little rant at Richard Hammond. Yeah, it, it has thought, its. I've, what was it? I've got, I've got. I'd like an exchange of words with you. Oh. <laughs> uh, two words, seven letters, three of them are F. <laughs> I thought I'm. You know. Yeah. Do you know what? That took me about three seconds to work out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It. I got the first F, and I couldn't work out with the other two yeah. words. <laughs> yeah, it's fluff it for anyone listening. Yeah, yeah. It's a family book. <laughs> oh, it just didn't take me a while. I was like, "Oh my word!" <laughs> I won't go and do the Sudoku now. No, no. But anyway, that was Top Gear, and that was also my list—the longest list I have ever done in the history of this. Show. Yeah, but it's been about a month since we did a show, so yeah. well, quite, quite. Right, I'm going to run through mine. Right, first of all, I just want to say because I didn't put it in and I've just added Ripper Street on Amazon did finish it was a fantastic series uh, oh very very but very but there's loads of conclusions in there there's loads of there's loads of things that are really quite sad um, you know it's funny in a funny way the Ripper Street where the BBC left it couldn't be left there anyway because it, it was in the middle of a story and what they've done here is quite clever they've wrapped up the story they've wrapped up more or less every loose end there was and now they've got a choice to move on but when they move on all the characters are going to move around and some will be leaving by the looks of it but you know they killed off main characters in that's horrific ways um but they've moved people on that needed, you know, people that needed to go out to pasture have gone out to pasture. Some of them have died. Some of the baddies have been sort of, you know, properly dealt with. Finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you don't necessarily, there's a, there's a point at, at this point in time, if there was a, a ninth in that series, all but one of the characters could feasibly still be in it. But give it time and the conclusions they want you to take for granted, you know, a good proportion of the characters will be gone. Um, there is a, a bit of a cliffhanger, and I, I I don't know how it could play out. So uh, they've left a chance for another series if... Oh, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. there will be another series, but they've done it in a way where 
they can just start off with another set of eight stories that are completely independent of everything that's happened previously. And just just you have know. a like a crossover character or something. Yeah, well, like. no, I mean, there's, there's that's still what, half a dozen just characters set in the same place. Was, yeah, yeah, but there's half a dozen characters that will remain, and they're all but one that was riddled with bullets, and there's not a lot of chance you can bring that person back. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is still there to come back if needed. But, you know, it, it's been done, and it was the conclusion that was needed from the BBC. And wow, was it a powerful series. And there were times at the end where I was like, you know, I, honestly, I was like looking back on it thinking, I'm not going to rewatch it yet because I just, it was too much at the time. Take it. Uh. Yeah, but absolutely brilliant. And uh, I, I'm actually probably will watch it again when it comes back to the BBC. This series. To see I want to see how they can edit this because some of it was as gory as a proper horror film. And I'm like, you couldn't put that even after the watershed because it's <laughs> there's too many people that are already into it that will want to watch it. And, you know, a good friend of mine that listens to, to this, she said to me recently, when it started, because I'd been mentioning it on this, she said to me, oh, shall I watch um, Ripper Street? And I had to, in all honesty, say no. Because it, it, it'll disturb you. And I was like, maybe when it comes to the BBC, maybe. But yeah, it really was hard-hitting, really powerful. But done in a way, because I'm not really into gore, but done in a way where everything that was vulgar and rude or raw... Wasn't or gratuitous. No, not at all. And that was yeah. the damn surprise of the whole thing. That's a skill, though, to do yeah. that. It really was a surprise, but mm. anyway. Right, best thing on at Christmas. Charlie Brooker's 2014 Wipe. It was on BBC. Now, I watched this, and I watched it on my own one night, because it was quite late. And then a couple of days later, I was watching with my wife the uh, Jason Mansford one on ITV. And I was sitting there moaning the whole way through. She's going, it's all right. And I said, yeah, it's all right. You've got to watch this. You've got to watch the Charlie Brooker one. Because <laughs> it was... It so was, Jason Manford did a similar... Well, Jason Manford did, a, shall we say, an ITV version. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Charlie Brooker was... was yeah. It was brilliant. Absolutely. Talk about a way of summing up a year and di you know, digesting yeah. it in an hour in sarcastic satirism of the, the best degree. And the guy... He's a living legend. I know. I was listening today, actually. I was listening to one of our airways from early December when I was working. And I was actually working, but I was listening to that. And we mentioned Charlie Brooker in that. And I was thinking, the guy probably does about four things a year, and we mention him about every third episode. <laughs> um, because he's, his delivery is great. His writing is extraordinary. And the thing is, he didn't just skip past things like ISIS, you know, and the terrible things going on. And you've, and when he started things, I was like, how the heck are you going to make fun of that? You can't get away with that. And he, he didn't necessarily make fun of them. He, he, he put it there. He basically called people, you know, yeah, called a spade a spade. Yeah. And then made some quip about making fun of them at the end. Yeah. It's more and I was like, the coverage of it it was taking the mick yeah. out of, wasn't it? And I was yeah. like, that was so clever. So, so clever. Very, 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 very good. Right. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, only because I was flicking through the TV and I didn't 
I particularly want to watch something, I noticed it was about nine o'clock or something, and I was thinking, oh, false was on. It must be a repeat. And I was looking at it for about a minute, thinking, I must have missed this bit. It's a new series, isn't it? It's a new series, and yeah, I did no. And I started going, no, no, fingers in the ears, hands over the eyes. No, 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 I can't watch this. No, I don't want to watch this. No, no, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> so obviously, because I missed it, so it's going to be iPlayer, whatever you call it. ITV. ITV player. Player. Oh, and I'm luck. like, oh, I can't believe it. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, buy it as soon as I can. I was going to say, but, you better just wait and buy it. <laughs> no, I was like, how can I not know there's a new four? And I said to my wife, do you know there's a new four? And she goes, yeah, it's in the magazine. Oh, dear. That wasn't... <laughs> That wasn't marital bliss for 30 seconds. How the heck did you not tell me that? Anyway, but um, there's a new Forest War and I can't wait to watch it. But um, I missed the first one. But you know what? In the in the few years ago, I would have been apoplectic rage to know I'd just missed half of Forest War. And nowadays, I'm like, oh, it's all right. We'll watch it tomorrow. And the, the world the, it has really changed, hasn't it? Okay, right. One, two, three. Um, a friend of ours um, told me about Quartet the other day via Twitter. She goes, I really enjoy it. Uh, it was on BBC. It's a movie. I watched it. And I thought it was really, really nice. It, it, it was very similar cast as well as um, it was very like the best Marigold Hotel, whatever oh, it was yes, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Best Marigold Hotel. Uh, and it had it's Maggie Smith in it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the same, it was sort of the same premise. It was a retirement of people. Uh, I think Pauline Collins was in the other one as well. I can't remember now. But anyway, um, so I what a star studied. And basically, it's a retirement home for ex-musicians and opera stars and that sort of thing. And it's where they all go. And it's basically a charitable thing. You know, you've got the actors' homes for, you know, at a, I don't know what the word is. Basically, actors that haven't got any money when they're old and they need looking after. And this is the sort of opera musical, you know, classical musicians version. Uh, it's very, very nice. It is lovely acting. Uh, the cast list is extraordinary. And so many of the cast were musicians and opera singers from the time that they were supposed to be. And so they weren't the main characters, but when someone sung opera, it was an opera singer singing <laughs> opera. It was beautiful. It was a lovely story. Uh, so let's look. Maggie Smith, Billy Connolly, Tom Courtney, Pauline Collins, Michael Gambon, Sheridan Smith, Gwyneth Jones, Trevor Peacock, Andrew Sachs, uh, anyone else? Oh, David Ryle, who died over Christmas, sadly. Um, I'm trying to think who else you'd, you'd know. Oh, there's quite a few other things. Was Benedict Cumberbatch in it by any chance? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah, you were on about saturation earlier. He, he must have been, <laughs> yeah, must have been busy. <laughs> yeah, there was loads of them. And, uh, I mean, there was obviously more people, but a lot of them were um, Gunniff Jones, wasn't it? There was a lot of people that were very, very famous for being opera stars and, and uh, various things so that was it was really lovely quarter it would still be on the iPlayer it's really worth a watch um, it was a real surprise that I didn't ever hear about it before so um, thank you to our friend for passing it on I would mention the name but as I, I haven't asked to mention the name I won't mention the name just because I haven't checked um, Marvellous was on BBC over Christmas and I know um, I know it might have been I no I think it was BBC um Again, I know that's a replay. It's a, a film that was uh, done earlier in the year, 
Um, but I think it was repeated. It had been shown before. What a lovely story. Marvellous sums it up. It's uh, the life of Neil Baldwin, who, a man who shrugged off his uh, perceived limitations to live an incredible life, which is what it says on IMDb. And what it is, it, it was, it's a character, and this is a real-life story with um, little bits added to make a slightly better story. But, you know, he, he, he obviously had learning difficulties. You know, he lived with his mum, and, um, you know, that was what the whole thing was about. But he got on in the world by just being really nice to people. And people just wanted to help him. He ran off to the circus and he was like 50, I think, or 40. He just wanted to be nice. And, you know, he, the opening, near the opening, I can't remember what happened. The circus decided to, he was in a, um, a caravan and obviously the circus decided to move on, but the horrible circus master didn't like him so they moved the uh, circus at night when he was asleep so he wakes up in the middle of the field in his caravan and the circus has gone but he just co- calls up the priest from where he lives and he's somewhere in the north of scotland i can't remember where he comes from oh stoke that's where he comes from and the police the uh, police uh, the priest just drives from stoke and picks him up and hooks him back and takes him home and then the line was, uh, one priest was saying to another priest when they met each other, basically said, yeah, he, he seems to use the Church of England as uh, an unofficial REC service. And they say, but why? And he goes, people just do what he wants because he's so lovely. And then that's the story, and this is who the man was, and it's a real story. And he, he said, I can't remember what he said, he said there were certain jobs he wanted. It was either going to be Prime Minister or Manager of Stoke City. And... Um, because he loves Stoke City. And in the end, he ended up... Prime Minister. <laughs> but he ended up the kit man at Stoke City. And this is real true life, right? He ended up the kit man at Stoke City. He ended up pretending to work in a university, which he didn't even have a job. He just turned up and he wanted to help the kids that were new. And he ended up starting a football club at the university that he had no right of actually being there whatsoever because he just turned up. But they went, that's no, all right. Just Yeah, you can have a football team if you want. Um, and he, so he ended up with Lou Macari, who was the manager of Stoke at the time. And this is the true story. And like Lou Macari wanting to give him a job, let him do whatever he wants. And there was a game, uh, there was um, a testimonial match. And they put him on at the end as a centre forward in the match. You know, and it was a really lovely film. And so much of it was true. And it was really... You know what? It's exactly what I needed at Christmas. It made me feel really good. And to know that, you know, people in the world can get by just by being nice. It's just really nice to know. You know, we've all got our hangouts and we've all got our problems. And, you know, some people can just go, well, this is what I've got and this is what I've got to offer. And I'm going to do it with a smile and whatever you And we'll see what we get. And it just made me feel good. So hopefully that's still on Marvelous because you've got a month now, haven't you? So. Watch Marvellous and watch Quartet. It will make you feel good. Um, quickly, How the West Was Won. And the reason I watched this is they had a thing on, and it was one of those, uh, I don't know, screen legend things, and it was John Wayne. And John Wayne came out really badly. He was like one of the McCarthyists, and he was on one of those real people in Hollywood that was trying to get anyone out of Hollywood that was um, not, you know, Republican. And it was a really horrible time, actually. And then like, people were saying, oh, he was the best actor ever. And I was thinking, really? Yeah. <laughs> obviously and, uh, never saw a film just, with him in it. Yeah. And then it was like, <laughs> and the interviews and the way he was talking, and it was like really quite uncomfortable. 
it reminded me of um, Charlton Heston, right? Because when you saw Charlton Heston interviewed about his personal beliefs, you were like, blimey, you know. You don't know anyone, you know. You don't know, you know. He's dead, I can say what I want. I say, well, I'm John Wayne as well. Anyway, so I didn't really know much about John Wayne, apart from by the time that program finished, I didn't like him very much. And there he was going, and then they played How the West Was Won. And I'd heard of that, and I thought, you know what, I haven't watched a Western since I used to watch them with my granddad when I was about eight or nine. And my granddad, I don't know how he used to find them, because I know there was only like three channels at the time. There seemed to be a Western on in black and white every night of the week. And I used to go and sit with my granddad and watch Westerns. I didn't really watch them, but it was just, yeah, I wanted to be with my granddad. And that's the way it was. And I hadn't watched a Western for at least 35 years, maybe more. Right? And I thought, right, it's Christmas. I am going to watch a Western in honour of my granddad. Right? Now, the thing is, this was billed as John Wayne being the star, okay? I watched the film all the way through, from start to finish, and I never even fell asleep. It was, I think it was quite a long film, actually, 164 minutes. John Wayne was probably in it for about five of them. <laughs> and he was such a not important part of when he was in it, and I was like, you know what, this film's getting better and better, because John Wayne... <laughs> isn't but again you look at the cast list right and i enjoyed the film right it was of its day when was it filmed 1962 right so john wayne henry fonda james stewart gregory peck debbie reynolds carol baker carl malden and i nearly read that as carl madden yeah <laughs> uh eli waller right. uh, george peppard mm. richard widmark uh, Lee J. Cobb, Walter Brennan, Harry Morgan. Do you remember him from, um, oh, what was, oh, was it called? MASH. He oh, played yeah. Colonel yeah. Hunter, right? Agnes Moorhead, Robert Preston, Andy Devine. I'm just going by the people I actually know. You recognise him. Right? Yeah. Um, it's getting down. Spencer Tracy, you can't. Um, oh, yeah, Mick, yeah. Mickey Shaughnessy, David Bryan. Uh, there's more. And, um, I, I keep I expecting to hear Telly Savalas in here as well. <laughs> you know? No, he wasn't. But it was it's like... It's one of the ones where he wasn't, yeah. But it was like, talking about making a film with stars. You know, we're, we're going on about uh, the Expendables. You know, you could get five Expendables in this pack. Anyway, I really enjoyed the film, I've got to admit. And it was really nice to watch a Western. The pace of Westerns are so mind-numbingly slow. And they're, per they're perfect for Christmas. And it was like a historical drama of inaccuracy that would make uh, the, uh, you know, the two we talked about earlier look like uh, they were factually written by Simon Yeah, documentary Sean. footage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was so <laughs> crass and bad. It was yeah. brilliant, right? Right. Now, the last thing, and I mentioned it last, because this is where tone can come in. I, drum roll, please. <laughs> I watch from start to finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Some may say, why did you do that? Yes. <laughs> Some may say. No idea. What happened is we, it, I saw it on Netflix and for ages we've talked about it. I've ripped you to bits about it. <laughs> and I thought that least I can do like I did with Arrested Development is watch you a few chance. episodes and then go, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. So anyway, I watched the first one. I thought, 
No, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not much yet, but it's the first episode. You know, what can you expect? It's only the first episode. And then I watched the second, and then I watched the third, and then I watched the 24th, <laughs> and then I watched the second series, and then I watched the first 12 of the third series, because that's all that's been. And I thought they were fantastic. I was not going to bed at night. I'd got so involved in it. And you know what? I see it more as an American Torchwood than um, a comic Than strip. anything tying into... Yeah. yeah. And the only couple of episodes I really, really, really struggled with were the ones where it had... I don't want to say cartoon characters. They had a comic book characters in it. Because they went from f- sort of Torchwood... You know, or an alien dropped off this weapon and it can do fantastic things to, oh, that's just ridiculous, you know? And, oh, okay, she's got superpowers and every man she looks at just falls under a spell. And I looked at her and I thought, yeah, that's quite possibly likely with the way she looks. But it, it was, you know, it was like, oh, you know what? No, it's a shame because of, in the most part, I thought it was terrific. Mm. Originally, when you explained it to me, it was a load of people that basically clean up the mess from superheroes. And Which I was is like, how it originally... Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm so glad it was nothing like that. Nothing at all like that. Like I say, it was like Torchwood. Um, some of the storylines got a bit stretched. I, um, I can't remember everyone's name, but you know the guy that was the main man with the plane? Um I can't remember his name, actually. But anyway, I could tell you here, his name was Agent Phil Coulson. The um, Tahiti bit, yeah, it was getting stretched a bit. And it was like, you know, it's time to conclude. Uh, You know, it all came together. But there's some really nice acting, and there's some really good acting from places I didn't think. And that Brett Dalton that played Grant Wood, there's twists and turns with that character that are really, yeah. really well done. That, that's the thing. I've, I've never seen him in anything before, but now if I do see you know, his name on something... But the turns, the yeah. twists are really... Oh, and I'm God, like, yeah. he's got this amazing ability yeah. to get and load some, up, shot, cut to pieces yeah. and not even have a scar, but, you know. Yeah. And there's even a few of them. It's like, I didn't like the characters at the start, but now... Yeah, where we're yeah, at. The ones, we're, the ones that we're were really just big. aired on, on Channel 4 the other night, I think it was, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a few characters. So you've got Sky, who's the main female character. Mm. And, and she's quite lovely, but she's there as the conscience because of, she's new to the whole thing. She's got a conscience. You've got Coulson that's got the backstory. You've got mm. Melinda May that she's got a backstory and she's like the, the lady ninja, but she's got a heart in there, but you yeah. take a while. see much of it. <laughs> You got Grant Ward, which is an amazing character, and the trouble is they are going to turn these people, most of them or some of them, into comic strip characters. And to me, I mean, I know the the Sky character, and I seem to know where it's going because I read up on it because it didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, don't don't make her something else. She's absolutely mm. brilliant as a character, as what she is. The limitations she's got as a human being is exactly what the character needs. Uh, You've got the two science geeky things. Oh, isn't she gorgeous? Yeah, Elizabeth Fitz Headstretch. Simmons. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Gemma Simmons. Um, yeah. And you've got Leo Fitz, and that's a really good character. What's his name? Ian de Castanet. Cast- 
Yeah, he, he's <laughs> the one in, in the in the recent ones. He, he sort of had that. Yeah, it, yeah, he had head a injury, problem. didn't he? And now he's yeah, we had a head injury words. because Brett Dalton uh, yeah. deprived him of oxygen. Um, yeah, and there's loads of characters that come and go, and you know the human aspect of the story is brilliant. Mm. The only thing that I can't be bothered with, and I know it's the whole point of the story, is the comic book hero bit. Or it, watching the films spoils. it ties into, yeah. Yeah, but it sort of spoils a really, really, really brilliantly acted. And this is the surprise of it. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be, from what I understood, a comic book story. Sort yeah? of background to it. And yeah. so out of 40, 60 episodes or whatever there's been, there's probably about four or five comic book bits in it, and maybe even less. And they are by far, far the weakest part of the storyline. Yeah, I mean, there was the one where they had um, somebody who was in the Thor movies, you know, one of the sort of side characters in one of the Thor movies, Lady Sif. Yeah, 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 that's the one, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of what you're on about. Yeah. Another woman. I'm like, oh dear, you were doing so well. Yeah. And then you I, can I think that might be where... skip through. I reckon what it's, they're doing is they're going, you know what, this is really good. But a lot of people are watching it because they love comic books. We're gonna have to throw some in. Yeah. And that's what I think. But in general, I would give it a nine and a half out of ten, apart from the comic book nonsense. I mean, I mean you know, yeah, that sort of moment where it went between seasons and you started having got the hive of stuff more. That's where it ties into Captain America, um, the winter soldier. Yes, that ties directly in with the events of that film. So that's where they're trying to have those comic book moments, keep them in the film. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that they've got the fantasticness of, you know, the plane and the fact that they, I mean, you're going on, we're talking about Rambo earlier, you know, they, they, there's like five of them and 700,000 other people with rocket launchers and machine guns and, and they might get a scratch. Yeah. You know, and that's about it. You've got a couple of average other characters that are, um, uh, androidized, androidized. If that's a word I've just made up, it's quite a good word, right? But it's almost okay. The way they do it is a bit comic book, but it's almost believable within the story because they're still human. They're human, but they've been human plus, almost robocopped, and that's at least within the realms of imagination, right? Mm. And then you get people coming in from other planets and my mind just goes, woohoo. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, all I can say is the biggest surprise I've had in all of television last year is the quality of Agents of Shield. And it completely for the opposite reasons as it was advertised. And I'll let um I'll let Tone carry on with Agents of Shield and Um Well I think think you've you know sort of covered it you know it's, it's come up to that sort of mid-season break now you know where almost the thing you'd fear happened you know we're making character you know, too superhuman almost has happened but they had the whole mystery thing with you know where they were they had that plot didn't they where they, they're there's all these people scrolling what turns out to be plans to something yeah and then it's like peace piecing together that yeah yeah they, they, they were just missing the piece for the vent you know that the torpedo can go in <laughs> but yeah um i think it came together well it's like you know and then i realized as soon as i saw the last episode oh that's the mid-season break then isn't it <laughs> uh, that's the trouble it, i was incredibly disappointed with 
the outcome of that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, apart, apart from that, you know, I mean, the weird thing you, was that, I would have thought, know. the point I want to make is I would have thought, as you as a, what do we call it, comic book, yeah? As a yeah. comic book character lover and liking of those superhero films and all the rest of it, I would have thought you would have gone, we need more comic book, we need more comic no. characters, we need more superheroes. But no. it's absolutely the last thing it needs. It's yeah. incredibly just, good yeah. as what it is, and it doesn't need stupid comic characters. It yeah. just doesn't need it. it, it and what it does, that, it detracts yeah. from it. You've got to be careful with what you say there. <laughs> That's the thing. That's no, the thing. Not, not a popular I think thing to say. There's a place the level for, right of tying it in. Yeah, I think yeah there's a place for comic characters, right? Yeah. But this has got virtually nothing to do with comic characters, and it absolutely doesn't need them. Mm. That's my theory, anyway. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the weird thing was the same day that the last episode of this aired, the Avengers movie was on BBC One. And I sat there watching that again, you know, even though I've seen it before with my dad, you know, and he, he's not normally into this sort of film, but there were moments he was loving, you know, it was mainly the Tony Stark based humor, I think, you know, sort of wit, you know, like when he's talking about the Hulk, he's going, oh, I love the way you, you know, what you've done with physics and the way you lose control and turn into an enormous green rage monster. Yeah. That, that that's the thing. Of- the one thing doesn't need the other. Are they both fine? Doing what they're doing, yeah. So keep them like, in the same unit, yeah. Yeah, I mean they 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 can refer to each other, mm. but they they just don't need it. It's almost Doctor Who esque, as in Doctor Who. They make references to few uh, previous storylines that were a bit fantastical and a bit silly, mm. but uh, that's all. It's a reference to keep you in the same universe, saying Doctor Who. Yeah, but they don't have to have. Uh, mannequins coming to life and shooting people every Christmas they just make a reference to it uh, you know 50 episodes later to say look I think we all realised that something weird was happening when mannequins or Christmas trees started blowing up and shooting people and that's all this needs and I just really hope because now we're talking about a main main character and I read up what that main main character probably was turning into and I was like I don't want her to have superpowers half her brilliance is is her, her vulnerability her humanness and the fact that she's a hacker yeah and that's what her boy yeah yeah the skill she has is absolutely yeah. human and her main skill and the point they made of it the whole way through even the people that turned out to not be what they supposed to be her main skill was being not like them her main skill was being able to empathize with people and actually give a damn yeah. And what have they done? They looks like they might have blown that out yeah. of the water, and I'm yeah. like, oh no! Yeah. But yeah, I'd like them to give uh, Fitz his brain back, though. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be. I mean, what's it going to be? A couple of months, and I look forward to the next. Yeah, you know, where they go with it? Because I, I never, I never thought they'd go where they've gone already. So. They could take. They could sort of do that tease and then go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah um, right. But I mean, among the other things I watched, yeah, along a quite similar theme, I suppose. Uh, Black Mirror, White Christmas. It's we mentioned him before, so it'll be my mention of him, Charlie Brooker. You know, doing, doing the whole Black Mirror uh, series that he did, it's sort of a modern day Twilight Zone, effectively. I, I suppose the sort of anthology of. 
sort of worst case scenario alternate history type stuff you know a lot of it um or worst things that can happen with science and technology uh this was a sort of tied three i think it was stories together with uh john ham from mad men yeah he, he was the sort of character that linked all of these these different stories together um but yeah it was that was quite a good little hour and a half i think it was it didn't feel like that at all it you know um it kept the quality of the regular sort of series of black black mirror um which is always worth a watch just you know anyway i think you know and that um someone did tweet me as i was watching this they, they just watched the very first one where um, a minister was being blackmailed um yeah it was a their reactions were priceless to that and then they then they, i think they have since got through to this and they've just been stunned at the quality all the way through um there's a new series of the musketeers started the other day mm-hmm. um again going back to historical accuracy <laughs> um yeah, I didn't realise there was a new series coming, um, but I saw it and oh, straight away, Capaldi's character gone, which was part <laughs> part of the uh, part of what I liked about it because he, he was it was him playing a, a bad a proper baddie, you know. Yeah, great beard and moustache. Oh God, me. yes. <laughs> I mean, I've got a really full beard and moustache at the moment. I just wish I had the nerve to trim it into that shape. Yeah, that's what did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my days of musketeering may be over. Yeah. Muskerhounding? <laughs> Do you know that was 30 years ago? I saw that the other day. Oh, what, the Muskerhounds? I think it was 30 years yeah. and I saw it. And what, I think so I tweeted it. Yeah, because I, I remember watching yeah. it as a really little kid. Yeah, yeah so, I remember yeah, watching it yeah. It was like one of those things I got on the Genome Project that said, 30 years ago today, the first Muskerhound. <laughs> I was like, my word, how can that <laughs> like, What, do you want <laughs> me to slit here? You Brilliant. Know? Brilliant. Yeah. I've got to look it up now. <laughs> Yeah, it was another. They they took the story in an interesting way. They had um, Mark Warren as a sort of new character that's going to be turning into a baddie. I think. All right. You know, um, from uh, Hustle and Hustle. things like that. He was in nineteen eighty three. He was in a few no, that, um, yeah. few episodes of uh, The Good Wife as well. Yeah, and and he was in, yeah he's 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 another one, and that's he's popped up everywhere as sort of a background character, isn't he? But he's made it his own when he has. It's like, you know, his role in this, yeah, you can see where it's going, but, you know, it's still enjoyable to watch. Um, other than that, um, I also cut finally caught, because I missed it last year when they originally did this, but still open all hours. Oh, right, yes. I think I've missed the original special, <laughs> but now they've turned it into a series. I've caught the episodes of the series. Right. Um and Funny enough, I back. thought it was still going to be two specials at Christmas. And when a third one came along, I was thinking, what's going on? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be the, the standard six, I think, hopefully. Right, okay. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm surprised how many of the original cast they've got back. I know, it's quite sweet. And also the characters they've got in, or the actors, if you like, yeah, they've got in to fill. They're all real favourites from completely uh, different yeah, places. Oh. And it's really nice. I barely recognised Tim Healy. I, I looked at that. Is it gastric, isn't it? Oh, do you know what? Uh, so I, I, did, it, I, I had to look it up and think, hang on, I, I reckon, yeah. Him? Yeah. It looked like him. And I thought, no, it can't. 
And then it yeah. was the voice, I think, that made me. Yes. Well, Musker Hounds in the UK was night, 3rd of January 1985, and that was the 30th anniversary. Remember that? 3rd of January 1985. Okay. But originally, yeah. it was in uh, Spanish in 1982. Good God, it is much older than Never in French. Then. <laughs> no. Anyway, sorry to, to yeah. interrupt you, but that was earth-shatteringly exciting news. The yeah. dog Italian and the mascot. Yeah. That, so that, that, that's what you bring to, to out, outdo Tim Healy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a bit of... But they have got loads of wonderful characters in here. They've got quite a lot of the goodness yeah. gracious meat guys and girls. Yeah, and I, 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 at first I did think it's that sort of just trying to get a, a, a varied cast, but then it does work. It does work. But you know what's lovely about it and the thing that really really is lovely about it mm. in the original series everything was so underacted mm. it really was and this series is exactly the same yeah this almost makes last of the summer wine seem a little bit hedonistic mm. you know it is yeah. so underplayed and it's lovely every single character mm. um i forgot even his name johnny now. vegas which is exactly surprising. johnny vegas is so plastic acid and calm and it's really lovely to see because you can you know these are people that are normally big and bold and everything yeah. and the whole thing is it, it's almost it, you're almost like on the end of your fingers slightly irritated like come on do something more yeah. but that's the do whole that thing you're known for yeah, yeah it's just the whole ronnie barker ethic it's exactly what he did in porridge as well yeah. it's understate it with that tiny hint of frustration that you're not reacting to things. Yeah. And it's exactly what they're doing. And it's really amazing. Even the sort of the slapstick things are almost done in slow motion. And I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's such an amazing skill. And it's I, something you don't even realize is good until someone shows you how good it is. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, they've obviously got the sort of little gags, like they've got the picture of Arkwright up on the wall, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Yeah, he keeps referring. This is the man that told me this, you know. And then the yeah, uh, the tool that keeps ho- snapping shut on. Yeah, exactly. But he's a, a homage to him, and that's the way it yeah. should be. Yeah. And it's been. I mean, it's so wonderful the way the characters have. This all is the way a sort on. of. You know, like they did the. They tried to carry on only fools and horses with other things. Yeah, it never. You know, it just this is the way that should have been done. More like this. But it's almost like they have just moved on. I didn't look up how many years, but it's an awful lot of years. Yeah. It's almost like they just rolled forward the years without moving the time. Yeah. They allowed the characters to age, but absolutely nothing to change. And what's so wonderful is the way um, David Jason as I've forgotten the character's name. Now, what's his name? Sorry, Granville has morphed absolutely into Arkwright. Yeah, and I, I the way to that decide if he was Arkwright or Compo from Last of Us. Yeah, true. But he, <laughs> there's elements of both, you know. Who, who is the boy? Is it his son, or I don't even know uh, who the yeah, boy is. I think that's his uh, Granville's nephew or something. Nephew, so okay, it's all so nephews down the line, isn't right, it? Right. Yeah. Okay. So his nephew is him. Yeah, but then the characters that Granville was after thirty years ago. It's still He's still after, but now, in, no, actually, thirty years ago they were interested, but there was a reason why they couldn't, right? And now they're still interested, and there's another reason why there's they still couldn't. reasons. Yeah. And do you know what the beauty, the amazing, the two 
older characters of ladies, um, and I can't remember the characters. The one that's in black, um, Nurse Gladys. Um, she's really famous. Yeah, no, there's Nurse Gladys and the one that's in black, black and she's yeah. really famous. Something Cole. Stephanie Cole. Something Cole. Something Cole. Stephanie Cole. Right. You can see how old they played that long ago, because now they're not made up. They, to the they are the character. They are the actual characters. But I tell you what, Nurse Gladys, she aged an in and a minute. So it just shows you how much they aged her up all that time ago. And so Stephanie Cole is exactly the same character, and she is such an amazing actress. How can you bring a part back thirty years ago? Flawlessly, you cannot and see the still joy. Still be the same, yeah. And it is a beautifully yeah. acted. And the trouble is, if you saw that first time now, you'd probably think, that's a bit boring. I think you need the history of where it comes from. Yeah. And the weird thing... And that's what's good to do over a special or a very short series. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think we're finally going to get to the end of my list. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were. We've we've possibly... uh, Possibly. Oh, no, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. I'm not sure. Um, but it was uh, finally finally got around to watching Inception. Yay! After it was hyped, you know, it was one of these things. It was hyped and I thought, oh, it's a fantastic film. It, it is a great film, but I don't know about it living up to the the hype. I think yeah, you've probably been overhyped with it now. Yeah. I think if you'd seen it when it came out, you probably would be a lot more impressed with it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I mean, the part that stuck with me is uh, how it took an hour for a, a truck to fall off a bridge into a river. <laughs> because that sort of happens in, you know, I mean, I suppose everybody knows it's sort of about dreams within dreams you know, and things like that. Surely, um, if you call something Inception, does that mean you can have a whole series of things that, you know, just basically carry on and carry on? Because by Inception, doesn't that mean the beginning? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's so the beginning it, of an idea. This could be uh, Rocky Inception. It could be, uh, and then I don't know. I don't know how many words you can have for stages within the process. Yeah, are you going to have it, the final one being the conclusion? Yeah. See, that's one of them things that, in a way, I hope they don't make any sort of sequels no. to it. Oh, mate! If, yeah, if there's a penny in it, yeah. they'll be making a hundred of yeah. them. No, I don't think Christopher Nolan will want to make another one. It's yeah. like Interstellar. They won't make another Interstellar. They get J.J. Abrams. It's, it's, it's yet it's another whatever. thing, though, where it's, you know, is it, it's DiCaprio, isn't it, in this one? It is, yeah. Yeah. Another one where he's surprisingly good as an actor. He's, when he's, he's very not. good in it, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I only lasted about, I don't know, 20 minutes into this because I was like, I'm really confused. And I realised it was really good, but I realised I'm going to need an awful lot of energy to get through to the end yeah. of this. I, I did have a few false starts with it, and I thought, right, I'm going to need, I'm going to need to concentrate for this time, aren't I? To yeah, watch you it. will need all your wits about you. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, after yeah, the first ten minutes, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> hold on. Uh, Sorry, yeah. is this real? Am I meant to believe that? Did that really happen? Thing is, who I, the hell is I, him? Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell and did I've, he go? Why are you I've on a plane? Uh, and I've had this effect before with. Uh, a couple of films in the sort of late 90s, like The Matrix and Existence, where you had that sort of doubt about whether someone was still in a virtual reality or not. You know, so... But yeah, it was, it was, know, a, was a good, good film, well well acted and all that. You know. Just Don't, worry, 
that's the thing is I thought it was probably a really good film. I just did not have the mental energy to go through with it. Because mm. I thought this is going to leave me absolutely lost unless I almost need a pen and paper to work out what the heck is going on. <laughs> pen and paper. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or just or just start scrolling on the wall. You know, sort yeah. Of <laughs> well, we could do what they did in uh, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the only film I had trouble people though to yeah to get <laughs> to the end of, and I eventually did, and it was like completely okay. Mm. Did you ever watch the producers with Mel Brooks? And I think it was Mel Brooks, and I think it was uh, Gene Wilder. And I have no idea why, but there was something about the first 20 minutes of that film that my brain just every time shut off. And one day it was like, right, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to put matchsticks in my eyes, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. And then I got through to the first half an hour, and then like it was like a, a bad fever. It broke, and then I was into the film, and it was fine. But it took me so because everyone told me this is a really great film but i tell you what it was a really good film it's the opposite to say blazing suddles which is a really good film and the last five minutes are just like oh what the heck is all yeah, that that's just where they went mad wasn't it yeah. and and the producers is the other way around the first bit is like oh what the heck is all this about and then it turns into a really good film and so this was kind of like that yeah yeah but inception i will i will achieve inception Re- one yeah. day revisit it because it is one of my favorite films of all time but I mean, can you see the the problem I have with having the energy to... See, I don't want it to just drift over me and walk away and go, don't get that. Yeah. I want to get it. But I was just like, it was too dark and deep from the get-go. Literally from the first scene. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Am I really... Am I actually watching this? Or am I a figment of someone else's imagination watching this? Do I really exist? I mean, I, I, I had some existentialist sitting on my shoulder. I had Jean-Paul Sartre sitting on my shoulder telling me that, no, you're not really here, sir. And I was like, oh, well, no. Were you expecting uh, to drop into a bathtub at any moment? I, oh, something was going on. Yeah. yeah. It was a bit like that, uh, oh, what was it called? The thing I watched before Christmas with the, oh, I've forgotten the bloody film called. Doctor Who? No. <laughs> no, I, I want to say Dang Django or something, but it wasn't. Django Unchained? It was that. It was the one with a weird-looking, almost rabbity face on the cover of the movie. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. I knew he had a D in it. And you know, this had that same sort of feel of what? Uh, am I really here? I mean, what's going on? Uh, you know. And I was like, well, if you think Inception is heavy going, then you just wait till you see Interstellar. Oh dear me! But into, into, the thing into, is, if you, did is you there, see these things brilliant. in the cinema to start off with? So if you see them in the cinema, you're sort of there and you've got the sort of the mob mentality. You've got the energy coming from mob everyone. Else. Yeah. You've, you've gone for a night out. You're not sitting on your settee thinking, actually, I could wander in there and make a cup of tea. I'm doing that. Or actually, I could, I'm just going to check my Twitter. You know, you, you've got none of those distractions. You're in there and you're in there for the, you know, it, it's like I'm taking one for the team. I'm in here till the end. End, right and you can get involved in it. it's really hard to get involved in something when you've got the distraction of being able to wander off at any time if you're in a cinema if you want to wander off normally you've got to annoy 20 people to do it yeah, yeah. but it's, a and great- it's so uncomfortable that you've got to pay attention to something never know take your mind off it, the yeah. seat it's a great <laughs> it's, it's a great film go and watch it right that six shows at the at the two hours <laughs> 20 minute mark 
but we didn't. Is that all? Is that it? Yeah. That is a show. Believe it or not. No, it's two shows. It only reminds. Only the first first show is is part one, which is you know the news and waffle, and the second one is this is what we did at Christmas part two. From Doctor Who onwards. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Right, it only remains for me to ask you two gentlemen where we can find you. Alex, where can we pick you up? Oh, go to Tone, please. Tone, oh. where can we pick you up, sir? Uh, on the Twitters, Tone7x20, and I'm surprised I remembered that. Cause... <laughs> it's like someone asking your phone number when you haven't got it on your phone. I haven't, I haven't yeah. told anyone that for about four weeks now. I'm a very British view. Excellent. It's got a picture of the moon on it. It's I have nice. to type in. I have to type in both your Twitter accounts and many other people's Twitter accounts into um, into Squarespace when I post the episode every week. So I do remember. So it you remember it? I oh, yeah. You could always help us out. You know, I could help you out, but I like to see. I like to see. It begins with a. It begins with a. Um, um, um. Yeah, I like yeah. to see you slip and slide all over the place. <laughs> no, but when you said it, my brain just went. Oh God! Oh, no. Might as well ask me my phone number. I haven't got a clue what that is. Either. I'm not going to ask you for your phone number because you'll get unsol- well, yeah. unsolicited calls from. I bet you I wouldn't. Somebody else would. It wouldn't be my number. I gave you. Well, maybe. Who knows? You can it, find. It starts with a zero. I think. Does it? Is it O two O? Is yeah, it's about as close as I'm going to get. You can you can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That is all we have. For this show, if you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com. Or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast. Or yet, yet more options. You can subscribe to our little podcast in iTunes. Just do a search for The Airwaves and, uh, yeah, you'll find us there. We also have a Google Plus community. You can find that by going to Google Plus, doing a search for The Airwaves, and we should pop right up. We will return next week with another thrilling instalment of the airwaves. But until then, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Good evening. Uh-huh.